Welcome everyone to episode 101 of Respawn Aim Fire. Yo soy Chad Michaelinas, the multilingual beast of the Kickass Irreverent Gaming Podcast in Rhode Island. He speaks Island. one language, to be totally clear. Okay, I speak German as well. Do you just, really? I, yeah, I do. I oh, was I one class away from that. a minor in college. Oh, I didn't know that. Never, and I think that voice there is the wonderful Holden DePardo. Holden, say hello in the only language you know. English. Oh, hi. Hello. Sorry. Apparently he doesn't even know English that well. <laughs> right across the street from Holden, also in Rhode Island, is Matt from Rhode Island. Matt, say hi. Hi. I appreciate your baby-ass baby mode shirt. Yeah. It's good for my uh, uh, So Fucking Humble segment. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I concur. Tease. Tease and a half. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Host of Ryan's Subscriber Interrogatives, Ryan Fitzgerald. <laughs> Woo! That's my baby! Ryan's hey, guys. Hey, hey. You're in uh, Wisconsin? Central time somewhere, right? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Still central time, though, right? It's still central time. They're basically Just the same. Not Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, I don't wear cheese on my head. O-M-A, Oklahoma. <laughs> you guys, we have a ton of fun shit to talk about today. We've got GDC, some awards, some stuff that was announced. We've got a ton of games announced. Uh, shit, what was the other thing I said I was going to tease before this? Uh, oh, some Death Stranding news. But first, we're going to start our discussion today by meeting you guys and learning a little bit more about you. Oh, twist. What? Ryan, we've already met you once on our side quest for Bioshock 2. But if somebody didn't give a shit about Bioshock 2 and they didn't listen to that side quest, can you give the people a little rundown of who you are, what you like, your favorite color, and who will win the 2024 election in Russia? Okay. In Russia? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, not very uh, up, up to speed on my politics in Russia. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, oh, no, no, no clue. Oh, I'm going to say the bear. That's, you know. <laughs> the bear. The, <laughs> the polar bear? I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> do they even have polar bears in Russia? I don't know. Probably. I think brown bears. The one polar yeah. bear that's the left that's not bear. dead. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, my name is Ryan Fitzgerald. Uh, I play games, uh, you know, recreationally, really. And then, uh, actually, Matt and I started our own podcast. Thanks to Oh, my to God. You guys. What is it? What's it called? Where do they find uh, it? Our podcast is When Gaming. Um, so, when you play games, you talk games, and eventually you make some friends. So uh, you can find us on Twitter uh, at When Gaming. Um, we actually live stream our podcast every Tuesday night at eight thirty Central, nine thirty Eastern, and so you guys can go on to Twitch at Twitch.tv/slash When Gaming, and you guys can kind of be a part of the show that way. And then after we're done recording the podcast, we actually just stay on for another hour or so and play some games. As a real life testimonial, I can say it's good. You guys should absolutely listen to it. It's so fun. And you would n- have no idea that you guys met literally days before you started recording it and then hadn't even heard each other's <laughs> voice before. So, And you guys yeah. see each other for the first time literally right now on this phone call. It yeah. is. Yes. Magic happens here. Magic does it happen. Does. Yeah. That's wonderful. So, yeah, go check that out. When Gaming. W-H-E-N. Gaming. That's English for gaming. Um, Matt, same questions in order. Go. Um. Uh, Rusev, if you guys watch the WWE, Rusev, he's a Russian wrestler. He's going to be the win the election. Orange is my favorite color. I play games professionally, although I'm not good enough to make any teams. Um, <laughs> well, you got to play so, the right games. No one's going to have an Animal Crossing team. Right, yeah, of, course, <laughs> of course. And, uh, yeah, uh, like you were saying before, I'm in Rhode Island. Uh, I play games for fun. I play just about anything I can get my hands on. And uh, I also do a podcast called When Gaming with Ryan. 
Oh my God! Tell us about it. <laughs> so, you can find us on Twitter. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So all the places he said. Yeah. And it's been great. It's been. All, we literally met because of your um, your episode on Bioshock Two, which I like had to listen to because Bioshock is one of my favorite series. And I I heard Ryan put out the call for wanting to start a podcast, and I was all about that. I've been wanting to start one as well. I just didn't have the right people around me to do a gaming podcast, and here we are now, three episodes in, four on Tuesday, and we'll be yeah. So a couple of weeks good. ago on episode one, you'd mentioned you had never played Minerva's Den. Have you rectified that yet? I haven't rectified that yet. No, oh. no, 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 no. All right. We'll talk when you do. Not, You'll be back on yet. the day that you finish it. We'll call an emergency podcast meeting. <laughs> Perfect. That's all. Is that like a bullhorn out the window? Do I just listen for it? The emergency. <laughs> do I, do I send the call? Me screaming. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll play it. I'll send out the call, and I'll listen for the. I'll listen for the response. <laughs> when you hear ah! the proper response is, <laughs> which is the same noise okay. Rose makes when she tosses the heart of the ocean over the railing of the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm excited. And that's you, how you... we know that we have to podcast together. Okay. Matt, Sounds how good. long have you lived in Rhode Island, and why is it such a part of your identity? Uh, my whole life, and uh, I don't know why it's a part of my identity, honestly. I, I It's a very Rhode Islander thing to have yeah, Rhode Island it, be a part of your identity. It just is. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things, definitely. I think people, uh, the first thing people ask me is, well, they say that they do the accent, which I don't know if people can hear it coming through. <laughs> they, they try the accent, and then they ask me if I've ever had coffee milk and, and all that. So. <laughs> coffee milk? Mo- yes, yeah, coffee milk. Most people won't know what coffee milk is. It's <clears throat> yeah, exactly so- what it sounds like. It's coffee-flavored milk, but it's like a Rhode yeah. Island thing. Right? Oh. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like you know, chocolate milk, strawberry milk. You have coffee syrup, yeah. and you put it into a milk, and you make it coffee milk. Oh, it's good. school when you had like you know milk, chocolate milk, strawberry milk. In Rhode Island, we had a coffee milk option. You had a carton of coffee milk for children? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Chill- yep. it, it, not, it was just coffee flavoring, not caffeinated, yeah, right? Yeah, flavoring. it was coffee flavoring, but it still had tons of <laughs> okay. sugar in it, so it was still great oh, yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> coffee milk for children. All right. Great. That's interesting. There are a lot Jumping of Rhode Island <laughs> There's I'm a sorry. lot of round stuff. <clears throat> Son of a bitch. Okay. We're going to jump in to our quest log, talking about Nintendo. <clears throat> Christ on a cracker. Okay. You guys, Nintendo had a Nindies event <laughs> this week. <laughs> and we're going to take you through all of the Nindies that were announced during the showcase. First of all, just a disclaimer up front, none of them were 3DS. And if you're crying about that, you should go take a look at yourself and make a key change. Michael Jackson, RIP. <laughs> also, shouldn't have brought up Michael Jackson. <laughs> Secondly... <laughs> He came on the radio for today. two I think reasons. <laughs> Holden, yeah. get, get us back on track. Yeah, I can't talk twice. right now. <laughs> what did you say to us making an awesome Michael Jackson joke? <laughs> um, honestly, like, so I texted Chad immediately after the Indies event went, that was a really good Indies event. I'm glad that I watched that. And then I totally forgot about it because everything else of the week was so crazy and amazing. Um, so yeah, let's go through these games that I barely remember at this point. <laughs> one is Cuphead. That is actually one I remember. That's the that only was... thing that matters. Exactly. Well, there's two that matter. Cuphead is the first one that matters. Yeah. Cuphead. It's also the bigger of the two, to be fair. Let's take a little sidebar here real quick. First of all, Cuphead, fucking amazing game. By the way, this is coming to Switch. Coming, not oh, yes, 3DS. coming to Switch. Not 3DS. As Chad said, not 3DS. If That'd you wanted to come to 3DS, though. you need to take a look at your face <laughs> <laughs> and make a key change. <laughs> 
Uh, no, it's coming to Switch. Coming via a, a patch uh, a little bit later will be Microsoft Xbox Live support, which means that mm-hmm. you can get Xbox achievements, which means that I don't have to worry about doing all... I, I can continue my streak towards getting 1,000 gamer score points on this game from my Switch, which is going to be so fucking good. Yeah, that's awesome. <sighs> I want it to be a barf game so I can play with Chad because that sounds like a lot of fun. So maybe that will happen in the future. Look forward to that. I do like this as well. There's a story here that uh, from Nintendo Life that the co-creator of Cuphead is totally on board with having Cuphead as a character in Smash Bros. He literally just is waiting for the papers to sign. He doesn't Why need anything. Why has that not been a rumor yet? Exactly, right? As soon as I heard yeah. that, I'm like, I haven't played Cuphead, but one of the cool things about Smash Bros. is not just different characters getting together, but kind of different art styles getting together. It's kind of cool to see Game & Watch next to Star Fox or, some, or, or Samus. And I think Cuphead would fit well into that distinct art styles across the different characters. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I think it would be awesome to have him. In, and it would be the first, uh, Cuphead and Mugman would be the first Western-based characters, right? Because that's still not a thing, right, in, in yeah. Smash Brothers? Yeah. yeah. I think we're very close. Like, this is the closest, <laughs> to, you know, as far as rumors go for characters to be in Smash that we've ever been. I mean, now they're, they're coming on Switch. You can use Xbox Live to, for your gamer score, the, the achievements. I think this is the closest we've ever been. It would be awesome to see him on screen, for sure. And perfect fit, honestly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it would be a perfect fit for Smash. Especially with all the extra moves that he's got that you can, like, power up and stuff like that in the mm-hmm. game. Yeah, for sure. That blows my mind that this is the first time that we've ever heard anyone mention that. So let's, let's go through another list of games here that <coughs> all looked really good. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, also about Cuphead. No Just buy it. You can pre-purchase it now. It comes out April 18th. Everyone buy it. Okay, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. I can't wait. Did you pre-purchase the these it? Games... Not yet, no. You lying son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm going to. I didn't say I had yet. So, the, the all those all the other games here are all games I'm actually pretty interested in. They all looked really good, but I've forgotten about like most of these. Do you guys remember uh, any of these? Looking games? at this list of games, I've already forgotten all of them. Yeah, I, I feel really bad. Yeah, there's actually a couple that stand out to me. Um, one of them being Game? the red the Red Lantern. It's the one. We'll start the, with that one. What was that? Yeah, one? it was the one about um, it done by. Uh, uh, What's the name of the studio? But anyway, it's about the the uh, the Iditarod, the dog racing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like Firewatch for dogs, not for I, dogs, but yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, okay, yes, I remember yes. that one now. Yeah, that's exactly what it reminded me of. I when yeah. I wa- I was like, this looks. I'm I'm curious to see if this is a Campo Santo joint, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, and I can't think of the name of the studio now, but it had definitely had a Firewatch vibe to it, which drew me to it, and I just kind of liked how mm-hmm. there was the, you know, the narrator going over. It's also the main character, and it just kind of. I don't know, it just kind of grabbed me. Out of all of these, that was one of the ones that really, like, dragged me in. If I remember correctly, that one, too, there are kind of randomized events in that. So, like, you might come across a bear or yeah, something Yeah, it's else. a roguelike. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's interesting as well, which is very, very different than Firewatch. It's kind of cool to see that style of game taken in a different direction. Yes. Go, so, going down the list, I will just go down the list, and if you guys want to point one out, go, go for it. Mm-hmm. Overland, coming fall 2019. My Friend Pedro, June 2019. Neo Cab, summer 2019. That actually does look kind of cool in terms of art style. Yes. Uh, that was like the one where you're in the cab and it's like this uh, kind of like Blade Runner-ish kind of city with a very cool, uh, not anime art style. What kind of art style would you describe that as, if you remember? I don't remember no. it. Cool. Yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> Darkwood, coming May 2019. Katana Zero, April 18th, 2019. Rad, summer 2019. That's Double Fine's new game. The Creature in the Well, summer 2019. Bloodroots, summer 2019. Pine, 
August 2019, Super Crate Box, April 2019, Nuclear, Thro- uh, Nuclear Throne, available today, Ultra Bugs, Swim Sanity, Summer 2019, Blaster Master Zero Two, available today, Stranger Things 3, available the same day as the Season 3 comes out, and that's July 4th, 2019, and finally, one worth talking about, Cadence of Hyrule, coming Spring 2019. Ooh! I just want to say one thing about Stranger Things 3. It looks just as bad as when they unveiled it a few months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, not, not really now, interested. The trailer itself for the show looks dope as fuck. Yes. But the game, meh. Yeah. Yeah, so Cadence of the Hyrule is <laughs> a indie partnership with well, what's the name of the studio guy? I gotta look it up right now. Um, the guys who did Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yes. Which yes. is a game I've never played. Never played it, but I I'll play the Zelda version of it. That sounds like a lot of fun. Definitely. Right? Yeah. You'd play the Zelda version of anything. I would. I actually it's not true. I didn't play Link's Crossbow Training. You didn't play, play that? I didn't play that. I didn't I play did, Triforce and it was Heroes, great. and I bought it, and I still didn't play it. So this, there's things I'll play that are Zelda, and I won't do it. I haven't beat Majora's Mask yet. Damn. But so. you've played it a couple times. Yeah. I have. I've tried. I've tried. He's just not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the time mechanic. Anyway, that's another that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, this is, like, this is kind of a cool partnership. There was a rumor a while ago with Cadence of the Hyrule, going back to that again. There was a rumor a while ago, uh, two weeks ago or so, that there was another Nintendo, uh, another Zelda game coming out that's 2D. That was an eShop game. This is definitely what that was. So that was a true rumor. So cool this is that super dope because we've seen Nintendo take partnerships with mm-hmm. like Ubisoft for Mario Plus Rabbids and whatever the Star Fox integration with Battle for Atlas was. Um, uh, Starlink. Starlink. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Um, but this is like giving a license to an indie studio, and this isn't just like oh, links a character in it. It it straight up looks like oh Link, yeah, the art like two yeah. D art style for Zelda. Well, also a yeah. lot of the enemies are from Zelda, like there's Dark Knights. <clears throat> right. I saw there's a Dark Knight in there. That was really cool. The story is kind of is also cool. They <clears throat> approached Nintendo not about this partnership, but about just featuring some some uh, kind of Nintendo or Zelda cameos in their games, and then. Nintendo came back and said, well, we have a better offer for you. Like, how would you like yeah. to do this instead? That's really cool, kind of how that played out. So good for them. Not knowing what Crypt of the Necrodancer was, like, I've heard the name a lot, but I've never actually yeah. watched any play of it. Watching the trailer for this, I was like, this game looks kind of cool, but the the characters and all the enemies were moving at such a slow, deliberate pace. Which is strange to see at first. Yeah. yeah. I didn't understand, though, that it's, like, music and rhythm-based. So I was like, God, I hate how slow and weird and staggered they're moving. But it's like, oh, you're probably, like, tapping a button in time to move your character or something like that. Oh, see, I, I guess I didn't realize that at all. Is that character with the shovel from the other games as well they've done? Is that, like, probably. a known character? Do we know that? Does anybody know? No? No. I don't remember. No, say, I say. Okay. Well, it looks cool. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what other uh, Nintendo IP you know gets handed. You know, the keys get handed yeah. to small indie developers. That's really cool. Uh, this looks great. Oh, absolutely! Like, what yeah. if the Celeste people got Mario? What would they do with a Mario game? Oh, but it wouldn't so be the hard. same, though. Oh fuck! That's cool. A super hard <laughs> Mario game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Okay. Where Mario's so dealing with depression. <laughs> Crypt of the Necrodancer. She has a shovel. Yes, so yes, it's probably so like, the person. Okay, okay. cool. Uh, I, I dig that how they're taking the, the main character from their games and, and mixing it with uh, with uh, Zelda and Link. That's cool. Yeah, I like it. I also heard the music at first, and I was like, "How the hell did they get away? This isn't like a remixed <laughs> version of Zelda music. That's the Zelda music. How did they get away with that?" And then they showed Link, and I was like, "What?" 
That looks cool. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, some fun things. I don't know. I, I, 100% honesty. I am very unprepared today, and I didn't look at any of what we have in the notes. So I'm going to wing it. <laughs> I don't know if we've mentioned this in the notes or not. But tomorrow, there is a PlayStation. Tomorrow, Monday. So you guys already know about this by the time we reach it. There's a yeah. PlayStation Indies thing kind of going yeah, on. Yeah, we have well. that in the notes. Yeah. yeah. And then on Tuesday, there's an Xbox Indies thing. Very, very similar going on mm. as well. Where they're going to reveal a bunch too. So... Uh, lots of fun showcases for indie titles. Yay, 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 yay. Very cool. We're going to take a side quest. Not a side quest. A side. What's the thing where you turn your car really fast and it goes side? Drift. Drift. We're going to take a Tokyo Drift. We're going to take a Tokyo Drift. Into playtime. Jesus Christ, you guys. Today is hard for me mentally. I've just been racking my brain playing Sekiro. My brain is so exhausted from this fucking one hunter person. Um, but before we talk about Sekiro real quick, I want to mention DMC because I have a feeling Sekiro is going to be a little bit more in-depth discussion. Yeah. I played Devil May Cry 5 just like last week. I beat it this week. I think I might have overstated just a bit how great this game is it is still a wonderfully <laughs> wonderful polished game it is the utmost best uh, stylish action game that there is um but maybe not like one of the best games of the generation i think that might be taking a step too far like i said last <laughs> week but <laughs> no this game is absolutely amazing if you have any interest in stylish action action games at all you should absolutely pick it up if you're just curious about action stylish action games and you've never played one, this is definitely the one to play. It is really cool. I love the way they handle multiplayer in this as well, where it's, you're not playing with two people at a time, but you're playing a level, and many of the, the chapters are different characters, but they're like happening at the same time. So you might play Chapter 8 with Nero, and Chapter 9 is playing through the same area, but going through different pathways and stuff like that with V. And so you're playing, and then off in the distance, you can see another person playing. And it's like, hey, so-and-so 569 is playing V right beside you. And at the end of the thing, you can rate how stylish they were. Oh, that's and then dope. they get, like, cool items if they get rated cool. as stylish. And then there's also times when, like, you're all three taking different paths, and then, like, all of your paths cross at one point in the chapter, and you're fighting another monster with these two other random people as the other characters. Anyway, really dope. Love that's how cool. it handles multiplayer. Fantastic game. Maybe not top 10 of the generation, but absolutely in the discussion for, like, top 10 of this year, maybe. I could definitely see this being in the top 10 list for this year. And it's still awesome. fucking gorgeous. Even after playing Sekiro for four hours today, I can say Devil May Cry is prettier. It's a winner. But hold on, I know you played Sekiro, too. Did any of you other guys play Sekiro? Matt, Ryan? No. No. No, we haven't. Good old pregnant pause. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk all about what you haven't played. Sekiro well, Shadows Die Twice. Let me finish Captain it. Toad really quickly, and then we'll jump to Sekiro, because that's going to be a long conversation, because okay. I'm pumped. Okay. I put 12 hours into it since Friday, so I'm, I'm oh, pretty far. God. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Um, not pretty far. I'm actually not that far at all. This is a really fucking hard game, but <laughs> played a lot of it. Anyway, I, Captain Toad, I just want to mention that, that I'm still surprised by that game and just how much content there is in that game for the price point. It keeps just tucking more levels behind. Tell people how many levels are in it so far that you found. Okay, so I mistold you the amount I know. last time. I know. So... 
there are 18 levels in the first book. As I said before, I thought the first book was all there was in the game. So, like, Me 18 too. levels... Yeah, like, you know, it's they're all really good. Whatever. It's a Nintendo game. It's overpriced anyway. But... <laughs> Two, there's another book as soon as you beat the second book. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's even more. That's 18 more levels in this one. Then there's a third book. That's 25 more levels. Actually, it's like 28 levels in the third book. And then a, like a bonus like book opens up, and then there's a star book after that. There's just a lot. I was very surprised, considering when you first I... play the game, it seems like it's just the one book. And there's a lot, and the levels get a lot harder as you go along. I'm actually surprised at how much more difficult it gets. I went from playing half of book one and being like, man, I guess I'll save the other half because I don't want to like beat this too fast, but uh, maybe not enough content in there. To then, you said book two exists. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And then five books, I'm like, fuck it. No, I'm not even trying. It's <laughs> <laughs> too many levels. It's really charming. It's your great. Your stream I think froze it's on the gem. perfect picture of your face. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> it froze okay. and you were just like... <laughs> that's hysterical um i think this game is a gem that nintendo like a hidden gem of nintendo i feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people don't talk about it a lot unless they're already like really really big nintendo fans um it's really good it's a lot of fun anyway let's talk about sekiro because i'm just so pumped about this game i want to talk about it chad you're four yeah. hours in what's your experience been uh yes i am four hours in one hour of which has been trying to kill one person um <laughs> and, <laughs> um so I still haven't fought a boss boss yet, mm-hmm. but this is the second person you come across that requires two death blows, and they have the long okay. spear, and they stab at you a lot. You know oh, that's about? the first one? There's a lot of mini-bosses before him, I thought. That's the that's the, the second one I've run into, because there's one that's like a oh, samurai the second guy. One. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's okay. uh, that's the one that I spent about an hour on. Anyway, this game, first of all, there was someone who wrote in who asked me. Oh, it's Dallas. Dallas from a couple weeks ago. Dallas wrote in and said, "Hey, I've never really been impressed with the other software from software games. Uh, let me know how Sekiro differs a little bit." So, Sekiro differs mostly in the combat. It is much faster than because your your character is much more agile. You have double jumps. You move a lot quicker. And instead of picking up different weapons, you now have one sword that you're using and then like a trick hand and you get a lot of different combat techniques that you can use. So whether it's like a whirlwind slash with your sword or like jump in the air and leap and spin and hit somebody in. Um, So there's actually like skill trees and progressions rather than like putting points into strength or endurance and stuff like that too. There's also a really cool resurrect mechanic where if you die, you get one resurrect and then through other things, you might be able to like gain a second resurrect as well before you uh, have to go back to the equivalent of a bonfire, which I forget what they're called in this one. Buddha statues. Idol statues. Idol statues. That's it. Yeah. Um, there is a Buddha statue in the game, though. They are, they are very spiritually similar, though, in how they play and your progression through them. <clears throat> uh, I like to think of it as a long-lost twin brother of the, separated like, the, the Blood Souls games that just... Lived in a different country and just turned into a very different person. But it's, it's still them. <laughs> yeah. It's still yeah. them. <laughs> Proving that nature is uh, is very, very heavily weighted in the nature versus nurture. <laughs> <laughs> but it is hella fun. Um, I am I'm getting sucked in just like I would with normal Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was skating by pretty easily. Like I hadn't died. 
except for like one small time and I hadn't died and I was like man this is going I'm three hours in I've only died once what is going on and then I got to that guy and I'm like how do I yeah. fucking beat him? <laughs> yes, I feel but like... I beat him and I went, yeah, 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 fuck yeah! And I started screaming, it was great. <laughs> I feel like this game is harder than Dark Souls and Bloodborne in, the, in terms of bosses. The boss battles are far harder in my experience, and many bosses included in that. But individual enemies I find are easier once you get the mechanics down and understand that you should not be moving away from your enemies ever. You should not be really backing away from them. You need to be in their face at all times, countering them whenever they attack you and hitting them back when they're not hitting you. The counter is so important, and it's still not something I've mastered yet. And once you get that down, it it really opens up and becomes, I think, honestly, a lot more interesting in terms of gameplay than Dark Souls and Bloodborne. I'm really surprised by that, because that's always been a main, like, a highlight is how good the combat and moment-to-moment gameplay is in in those games. And it's just out. It's outclassed here. I think that that countering system is so sick. Yeah, it makes every sword fight feel intense. And just if you mess up once, it's done. Like you have to be perfect. And that's where the resurrection mechanic is so smart because I don't really use it to fight back again. I use it to run away so I don't lose any of my experience points. And that kind of totally changes how you approach a Dark Souls game. There's also in this is a spoiler because I don't think you've really come across this entirely yet. Leveling up is way different in this game. Oh, yeah. If you want to avoid spoilers on this, like just stop listening for like a minute or two. Um, it used to be in Dark Souls, you grind to fight a boss. You, you leveled up by fighting enemies so you could fight a boss. When you level up in this game, you're really just improving, like Chad said, like you're improving your skill tree. You're getting different, like weapon, uh, like weapon arcs is would be equivalent to like Dark Souls. They're uh, like different skills you can have. Whether that's going to be, you can jump in the air and use your um, like pyrotechnic ability at the same time, or something like that. Or it's going to be a new like we- uh, um, a new way of swinging your sword, or something like that. However, leveling up your health and leveling up your attack power is done by beating bosses. When you beat four mini bosses, you can level up your health. When you ah, beat, that's the prayer beads. Gotcha. Yep. When you beat a boss, like a main boss, that's how you increase your attack power. So you can't like grind to beat a boss. You have to beat the boss. So it's based on skill. Exactly, and that's what's really Ooh. cool. It really flips hmm. the the game in a totally different way. And I actually think that for people who don't like Dark Souls, depending on why they don't like it, they can absolutely enjoy Sekiro. If they just don't like the difficulty, stay away. It's really hard. <laughs> but <laughs> if you don't like the slow pace of Dark Souls, you don't like the the vague nature of Dark Souls, this is a lot clearer. I mean, it holds your hand a surprising amount. There are points where it literally will stop and just say, hey, by the way, you can jump off this building and, and stab that guy. Oh like, yeah! One hit, like they'll just tell you. They'll interrupt they teach the game you and just tell you everything. Yeah, yeah. Whereas that's the, something that you never see in a from software game. There's there's still things that are vague that you can miss. It's not that everything is laid out for you, but they definitely give you a tutorial like you've never had. There's even a practice mode with there's a guy very close to the initial uh, idol statue where he just he'll he can always resurrect. So when you kill him, he'll just come back to life again, and you can try your counters against him. You can try um, just attacking him. You can try new new moves you've learned. Excuse me. So it's it's very, very different than Dark Souls in a lot of ways. 
But you said like the soul is still there. No pun intended. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I think one of my favorite things about it too is an increased focus on stealth, which is they've like integrated the traditional Metal yes. Gear Solid like. They have a yellow thing if they think they see you and they're going to explore, and then red if they do find you, and then they can forget that you're there if you hide well enough. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's really cool. And then coming along with that is the traversal with the grappling hook claw, because yeah, there are so points fun. everywhere <laughs> where you can just like zip up to uh, a tree branch or to the roof of a building, and then you can sneak up behind somebody and kill them that way. It's like I think that's a really cool new addition to Dark Souls. Absolutely. There's always been like you could move forward very slowly, sneak up behind somebody, and like stab them in the back really well. But but that would never kill them fully, depending on how much of a grunt they were. Some right. enemies that might just take out half their health or something. Yeah, I'm liking it a lot, and I'm uh, I'm I'm in. I haven't fought a boss yet, but I'm I'm 100 percent in, and I'm yeah. gonna say fuck Kingdom Hearts. I'm not really. I'm gonna play <laughs> Kingdom Hearts, but god damn it, I'm gonna hate yeah. doing it. Uh, but just a, a few more things I really really love about this game is. The um the dragon rot mechanic is just oh my anxiety god anxiety inducing <laughs> it's insane so you if you die enough times you get a prompt that says someone has gotten this dragon rot virus which means that they might die and you can't do that quest anymore I've gotten those messages four times now <laughs> and apparently there's a way to cure everyone but I don't know how to do it and I feel like I'm just yeah. gonna lose four side quests because I'm bad at this game. So there's a there's a mechanic where um, you if you die you might not have any consequences. Yes. There's a, there's a chance that you might not have any consequences, mm-hmm. and it's based upon like your friends, like your NPCs that gather back at your home base, and then the more you die, <clears throat> the more likely they are to get this disease called dragon rot, which means they can no longer save you from not having any consequences. So the more often you die the shittier the consequences are going to be for dying. Oh, so it's like punishing you for dying. Snowballs, <laughs> but you know, I like this better, though, than Dark Souls 2, where it reduces your maximum health. That's more of an obnoxious yeah. hindrance. This is like, this. it feels like there's a consequence in the world. And that's a really cool feeling. Like, I feel like when I die and I want to resurrect, it's because I want to help everyone <laughs> in, a, yeah. in a way. Like, I, I want to make sure that no one else is going to die. Um, that, that's a really cool feeling. Another thing I just static of this game i have to go back in the combat system just a little bit is the stance mechanic and how you're willing down someone's stance you're not trying to whittle down their health you can if you want to but they have a yellow bar that shows their stance and basically it's, it's their posture sorry their posture and you're trying to break their posture so you can go in for a death kill and what i love about this mechanic is that if you whittle down their health more it reduces the speed that their stance recovers so if you whittle down their health you can keep their their um you can break their posture much more easily and that really comes into play with boss battles of okay like right now should i go for getting their health or should we focusing on their their count on countering them so i can build their stance back up and it just changes how you approach certain enemies some enemies you really don't want to try to break their stance because it's going to be too hard you want to whittle down their health instead like going after their stance would be Maybe there's a way to do it, but it just seemed like it was impossible, and I would just die every time trying, but I could whittle their health down. So it really changed how you approach situations in a really cool way that I don't want to like spoil for you as you kind of go through the game. Hmm. It's just badass. It's, it's incredible. It's, so it's really good so far. Hmm. Obviously, if you're a fan of the, the Souls franchises, pick it up. Yeah, you, you have to play this, yeah. It's required. Ryan, Matt, what questions do you guys have? 
Um, I, I've been seeing, I actually, this game kind of came out of nowhere for me. I didn't really know anything about it. I've never played any of the Souls games. None. So I, that's on me. But I, it does look interesting, and I'm interested to play a game of, like, this caliber. So ever since I played God of War, like, I kind of, like, wanted more games like that type of, like, battle systems. So, because like, I, I don't really play games like that for, for the most part. You know, I mean, Zelda really is, like, it. Like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. like, Breath of the Wild. Like and and any of the any of the other you know Zelda games. So, but I'm interested in playing. You guys are kind of selling it right now. You guys should work for the studio, honestly. <laughs> it, sound, it, sound, it sounds pretty badass. And I still I still want to play the Souls games. It's one of those things. Like I keep saying, I'll get back to it. Who knows if I ever will? But this one, uh, you know, it's right in front of me now. It's brand new. Everybody's talking about it. Maybe, maybe I'll pick this one up. Pick yeah, it up. Really <laughs> It'd be cool too because I think a lot of what makes Sekiro difficult is an understanding of what Dark's, uh, how Dark Souls and Bloodborne should be played. So without that kind of prerequisite knowledge, I'm curious yeah. if that's going to be make it easier or more difficult for you. Okay. Because you're seeing so many people who love Dark Souls having a hard time with it because they're trying to play it like Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Maybe. And you can't who do knows? it that. You yeah. Can't do it like that. Look, sounds cool. Ryan, no. what did you play this week? So this week, uh, so uh, so for Win Gaming, we actually Matt and I both played uh, Halo: The Master Chief Collection, and we ended up playing. Ooh, is Reach Halo. out yet? All not of yet. them? Uh, not okay. yet. No. So we played uh, the what was it? Halo Three campaign, and we got yes. through a few, oh, okay. quite a few levels. Yeah. And then That's once the we kind of Halo, I've beaten. Really? Yeah, I, I I've only, only played one, the first yeah. one apparently because I loaded it up and that was one. So. So, but that's more you can probably listen to our podcast to get get the backstory on that one so i don't eat up time here but we played that and then actually played the, the multiplayer which actually was a lot of fun because yeah. it you you jump into it and the graph like the first one we jumped into i was like matt this is like really shitty graphics what is going on he goes oh it's halo one and i was like why are we playing halo one multiplayer this is stupid he goes no just wait till the next game the next game was like halo three and so the graphics got better so you played like all the different types of halos and the games like and so it was those maps with those graphics and it just adjusted. It was actually kind of cool. It was a really cool concept. Okay. So I played that. I didn't realize and, it would do that. Like different. Yeah. It's like jumping between different games and you would see the difference in like, oh, this is what the first shitty game looked like. This is well, not shitty. It was still a great game. But like graphics wise, that's awesome. Yeah. And then I played Kingdom Hearts three. Uh, that's why I've played a lot of that late recently. And uh I just I just beat I'm playing it slowly, unfortunately, just because time constraints, but I've just beat uh the toy box, which is a toy store world. And so that was a lot of fun. Um, you know, childhood memories. You hear that music constantly playing in the background. And then mm-hmm. something, uh, too, uh, my daughter, uh, she's almost two years old now. And she, we found my Woody and my Buzz doll that I had when I was a kid. Aww. And so she actually uses those. It's like, and so she loves them. But she was in here with me when I was playing one time. And she saw them. And she was, like, looked up at the screen and was, like, pointed at them and just, like, just, like was, like, in awe. Like, what these, like, they're not, I'm not watching, it, it was really cool. So That's adorable. Yeah, dad life. Hi, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what awesome. he says, but yeah. But yeah, that's, that's, that's what I played That's this what week. the shark says when he pops up with Woody's hat on in the toy box. <laughs> okay, that is, yeah, that, that's, yeah that, that's true. <laughs> Matt, what did you play this week? So, a Mass Chief Collection. Um, I've been playing Apex Legends, the new uh, season one. Uh, Wild Frontier, and uh, yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's pretty awesome. Even with my uh, my my clipped wing, I had hand surgery. Yeah, tell the people what happened to you. Yeah, so I I had carpal tunnel surgery from playing so much Beat Saber. 
Is that from a Beat Saber? That was it? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay. it's, from a, it's from a long history. Is this history Beat Saber of, great? Oh, it's God, from sorry. a long history of repetitive hand motions. We'll just say that. And, uh, <laughs> and so Apex Legends has been great. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I've also been playing Wolfenstein 2. It's one of my games that I've had on my shelf. I bought a year ago. And I'm like, and, and even then, a year ago, it was, it was an old game. It was a year old. And I was like, I'll play this soon because the first one was awesome. And I finally got around to it, so I'm, I'm working my way through that. And um, it was one of the best games you've ever played, and Holden should play it, right? I knew you were going to say that. Holden, I knew you, you were going to say that. You got, have you played either <laughs> one, Holden? No, I haven't. Oh, they, are, they are incredible. Like It's just like, I don't know, it's the gold standard for shooters, like first-person shooters. It's unbelievable. It's really, It really is a great game. Uh, the visuals, the story, the whole thing. And it's like, I was telling uh, Ryan, it's like you're killing Nazis and they give you a real good reason for it. Not that you need a reason for it, but like it's awesome. Like it's just like yep. great. it's just <laughs> fucking awesome, man. Um, and then also I started Persona 4 Golden on my Vita, oh. which I had never played before. And I've never played, played Persona at all. Never. Not once. Okay. But it's been recommended to me, to me so many times that I just couldn't I couldn't mm-hmm. stand it anymore. So I'm like, I'm going to play it. Uh I'm two hours in, and I've yet to encounter a combat situation. Yes. That's <laughs> why. Lord. What is happening? That is exactly why I stopped playing that game. I, I've said that on this podcast before. Like, two hours is insane. There's so much chit-chat. I want to die. It's, there's, there's so much chit-chat. And I don't want to skip through it because I don't know what, I'm, what I need and what I don't need because I don't know these games that well. It's kill. It's, I honestly am, like, I'm invested in playing it. I, I feel like when I play games on my Vita and when I play games mobile on my Switch, I can invest my time into them because I'm like, okay, when I'm when I'm sitting down on my couch, I'm playing Apex or I'm playing Wolfenstein, and like that's where I'm devoting my time to. But this is for different scenarios when I'm in my bed, when I'm you know on the go or whatever. So I'm dedicated to playing this game, but I'm two hours in and I have not fought anybody yet, and I I it just like it, I and I I know that I'm I'm reading everything, so it's taken me a long time, but. I don't know. I'm not disappointed in it at all, but that's just where I'm at. Two hours in, no combat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was playing that game when the Vita, when I had a Vita back, like, what, five years ago or something like that now. And I came to the second point you were at, and I told my friend, like, oh, my God, I've just been reading text this whole time. When's the game going to start? And he goes, oh, no, that's that's the game. And I'm like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. I'll update you guys as I play. But right now, I'm still I'm still invested in playing it. Because like I said, I've been told so many times I need to play Persona 4 Golden or any of the Persona games. So I'm starting here. And then we'll, we'll, go, we'll go from there. We'll see if I continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Nice. Well, what a great segue into our fetch quests. What? <laughs> Everyone talked, right? Everyone got to introduce what games they were talking? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have we talked about Sekiro yet? Have we talked about that game yet? Yeah, no, we talked about Sekiro. Do you want to okay. talk about it again? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it again. Let's okay. do it right now. No, but Persona 5R, the Royal, has been revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, I just realized I put this in here earlier today without reading the rest of the notes, and now it's in here twice. I'll skip it. Uh, so yeah, there's a female protagonist in the new trailer. We don't know much about it. It's coming April 24th. Still PS4 exclusive. Nothing on Switch yet. Yes, we'll get more details on April 24th. So maybe, maybe we'll see. Oh, more information on April 24th. The game's not coming April 24th. Yes, gotcha. Cyberpunk 2077 dev working on secret unannounced game. <gasps> oh my god! This is legit. This is 100 percent legit. What? So, you mean CD that project team that's working on Witcher is not just not doing anything? Yeah. So yeah, they said they want to. This is an official statement. They said they want to release two games, like two massive RPGs, by 2021. 
So oh, within damn. two years, within yeah. two years, so, we're gonna get Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven and something else from them. The Witcher four. Oh damn! I don't think it's gonna be Witcher four. I think they've said they're done with that. Oh, they're done. So yeah, maybe they maybe they're, they're gonna have a sequel to Cyberpunk sure. a year after Cyberpunk comes out. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a surprise? No, no, no. That's no, probably no. not. They're gonna, gonna have though. they're gonna have something. <laughs> Cyberpunk's coming in May. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. When when is Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven coming out? Because well, I don't know, know if you guys watched the trailer last time. The trailer was it was like. Coming when it's done, like when exactly, it's ready. Exactly, yeah. That totally and now they're, put now the they're saying two years guess. now, like by 2021. So they have two well, years. By, no, no, no. By, 20, by 2021, we'll have two games. Yes. So yeah, several, but, like, one but, unannounced but game first, might be released this year and then 2077 released in two years. Yes. But originally, the first, part was, the first part was that it's going to be a – that 2077 is going to be released by 2021. And then bullet point underneath it, also, there's going to be a second game, unannounced game, released at the same time. The headline of that of the whole thing was that Cyberpunk 2077 was going to be released by 2021, and then they also had the sudden, second note of, "Hey, there's going to be another game as well." Oh damn! Okay. That's what I read at least. Oh po damn! Here's the thing: is this maybe you haven't heard of it because it's the next Thanks, gen Matt, thing. for laughing. That comes out later this year, though. Did they say later? They said later no, this year. No, next gen, next gens. The yeah. next gens coming oh, out yeah. this year. Coming later this year. Well, we had it. <laughs> <Next right? gen. laughs> You hold in, and the rest of the industry is coming this year. <laughs> we'll see what happens with Microsoft. I'm not convinced about Sony. Well, it depends on when Stadia gets released, because then I you know what do you call that? Well, Stadia's coming out this year. They Ooh, didn't say next generation, they said new generation. There you go. You know Chad's going to win this Boom. bet. Boom, Shaka Khan. Also coming out this year, Remedy is releasing Control this August, August 27th. That might be... Mm, I can't say that's my most anticipated game now that Sekiro's out, because there's a lot of other stuff coming <clears throat> as well. But anyway... Very anticipated. It looks cool. God of War. It, it does. Cool. It looks Control so cool. looks pretty cool. I was a big fan of the Force Unleashed mm-hmm. games, the Star Wars, uh, the Force Unleashed. Yeah, big mm-hmm. fan. And so that looks like that, and I'm excited for that. I want to throw some shit around. <laughs> These new videos that have come out, I've got, I've sold me on it. It looks great. I'm yeah. gonna get it for sure. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. God of War wins Game of the Year at Game Developers Choice Awards. Another fuck you, Holden. <laughs> <laughs> I like that game. It was in my honorable mentions for game of the year. <laughs> and whatever game. Oh, Hollow Knight sucks. I'm just kidding. Hollow Knight was great. That was your game of the year last year, though. Over it was, God of War. It was great. Even though it didn't come out that year, technically. But on Switch, it did. You're right. Um, it deserved it. It deserved every bit of it. It's great. Epic Game Store exclusive Metro Exodus. Okay, yeah. Sorry. I For some reason, I heard I read Epic Games and I thought eShop. Epic Game Store exclusive Metro Exodus outsells previous game on Steam at launch. Unpack that for me. Why does so that the same, my brain? So the same period of launch, the launch duration for Metro Last Light and Exodus. Oh, mm-hmm. Exodus sold more than Last Light did. Exodus sold more on Epic than Last Light did on Steam in yes. that same window of time. Gotcha. Yeah. Epic wow, they saying that this poorly. proves that people will go where the games are, not the store they want to buy from. Okay. Which okay. is okay. kind of a concept we'll return to later on in this discussion. You son of a bitch. Yeah. Why the hell did you put this Asari VCR in here? Let's talk you about know, it makes hysterical. me furious. Let's talk about it. Because it's hilarious. It makes me so mad. <laughs> it's this so ridiculous. stupid fucking console. It's so dumb. Now, here's, here's the thing. I don't even know what it is. Is this... Uh, Atari oh, VCS Ryan. is like Atari's pretend console they're trying to make. <laughs> That they keep delaying and putting off and not really promising anything about it. They're being super vague. Almost no product information other than screenshots of what the box might look like. Right. Yeah, here's the thing. Is this a story for this week, or am I pulling a prank on you guys, and this is a story from last year? 
and you're just not surprised. Since I don't know the console, even, I have no did idea. Did we even read the headline? The Atari VCS console has been delayed due to spec upgrade. Well, the the last the last I heard of it from last year was they never gave specs. So for them to say they're giving no, <laughs> more powerful specs, I don't know what that means. I, so, I mean, it has to be yeah. new. <laughs> All I know is that last summer you were able to pre-order it, and a lot of people did for some reason, yeah. knowing nothing about it. No, uh, somebody, good point. Why people pre-order that? Because this is going to be something that 50 years ago, I have an unboxed Atari VCS. Do you have a what? We're putting it in the museum. <laughs> It's gonna be the Ouya too. If you got an unboxed Ouya, that's like that. It's gonna be the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Someone's gonna laugh and be like, "I'm a billionaire. I'll spend five hundred thousand dollars on that." Absolutely. I, I remember yeah. the big story they did on kind of funny with that. Like Greg put it in his calendar. He's like, he's like, "There's no way July thirty first, twenty nineteen is like they're gonna or whatever it was is like this is gonna be out." He's like, "I'm gonna I'm putting it in my calendar right now. There's no way." And I agree. Like last year, like I said, they didn't put out any specs, and now they're coming around three and a half months before it's supposed to be in people's hands <laughs> and saying they're giving it a performance bump. Hey, Atari, that's wonderful whoever's making this that's great that this is not the time for it like next console like let's put let's nail this one and then give us a more powerful one like down the road this has to be just a big oh, it'd be like it's, it's, there's yeah. nothing there <laughs> just keep pre-ordering this is yeah. fake block god it's fake from block. that terrible last season <laughs> oh, of arrested development <laughs> did you finish it yet chad no i'm on episode like 13 and a half i think that's okay. where i'm at oh it's awful i just got to the point where it's it literally so like a better. three minute really? conversation with yeah, buster I and michael the ending what, and it's a conversation Chad? with Buster and Michael and Buster. Brian like rolled his eyes. You gotta say it. Right, right. I tried. I tried. I tried the first season and the now. Okay. I but love just it. it was like there was the two conversations, or I guess there was one conversation going on, and then Chad just talking, and yeah, you just guys me just shouting. not listening to him at all. Just shouting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's why I was like, I was like, there's just so much going on. I got one year saying one thing and the other year saying another. So Arrested Development is important. It's <laughs> classic television. It's one of the best comedies of all time. Speaking of best comedies of all time, one of the best games of last year is Quantic Dreams Detroit Become Human. Everyone should play it because you now have access to it if you have a PC. What? That's right. All these PlayStation exclusive games are now available on PC via the Epic Store for a year and then coming soon to other platforms as well. Sorry, not platforms. Probably PC stores, not like Xbox. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was, I was curious because that, uh, that kind of going back, Persona. You know, everyone was thinking that Persona, the, this new announcement was going to be for the Switch or something. Right. But it's not. And then this one, Quantum Dreams, you know, they're allowed to release their stuff now PC. So that's no longer a PlayStation exclusive. I was right. wondering what you guys thought of that just real quick. I think that's a little weird. I'm very happy. You're happy? I've, I've never played. I want, like, I, Detroit Human or Detroit Become Human is actually on my want to play list. And it's actually on my if I had a PS, PS4 list. So, yeah. But I think you've got it, that gaming PC, right? No. <laughs> you had that Lenovo laptop, PC. right? Yeah, this is, this is not a gaming PC by any means. This is a work computer that's not even technically mine. Yeah. <laughs> Probably don't play Detroit Become Human on that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, everyone should play that. And then Bethesda gives first details of its E3 2019 showcase. There will be an in-depth look with Doom Eternal. It will be on June 9th. They are... Maybe the only group that has confirmed a press conference so far this year. 
EA has confirmed they're going to be there and have like they don't presence. have press conferences though. We're not going to have a press conference, but oh, as you're saying, as you're saying, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not saying a presence. You're talking about press conference specifically. Yeah, yeah, that's why I said press conference and not presence. Microsoft has confirmed. Oh, they haven't confirmed their press conference yet. They just said we're <clears> going to go haven't. big. They just said we're going to go big at E3. They said we're going to do at E3. Yeah, yeah, good. That's point. from the memo. Yeah, yeah. You guys, what if nobody goes investigative reporter? <laughs> Uh, but Bethesda is going to get burned real bad this year. I feel like at E three, like I mean, not not in person, obviously, but like on you know on on the internet's you know Twitter and whatnot are going to roast them live. They need to come out and they need to just like state like, hey, Fallout seventy six, kind of fucked up on that one. Like here's here's yeah. how we're going to fix it right away. Like that's what needs to happen. I can see Todd Howard doing that. He can pull that off, getting on stage and being like, hey guys, let me level with you. Yeah, he has enough. He has enough. Presence to do that. Definitely. Is I'm, Rage Two going to be out by then? Yes, it will be. Okay, so they'll probably show up like a DLC for something like uh, out uh, for uh, that. But also, I'm curious: are they going to talk about Starfield at all? There, like, would they yeah. bother talking about a Starfield yet? Like, new why logo. would they just show those? <laughs> show a new yeah, logo. Yeah, they just show a new logo. We <laughs> revised the logo, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we chose a different font. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, Bob thought yeah. the A's looked a little weird, so that <laughs> A looks a lot better. Don't you guys agree? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe we see. I think it would really help their image if they showed a little bit of Starfield, something. I mean, anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have anything prepared, but uh, that would be. You cool. know, every single year I say, I mean, they don't have a ton to show off, and then they show off a ton, and I'm like, yeah. where did that come from? Because and it's then I'm thinking just... the same thing this year. It's like it's just Doom Eternal and those two games that they're not going to show off. I'm like, they're going to show something. Well, it's it's also because it's not just Bethesda games. I mean, id Software is really who makes Doom Eternal. Bethesda yeah. is publishing it, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So if they publish a lot of games. That's why it's going to have more stuff. They they could probably have the new the Wolfenstein game, um, Young Blood. Oh, that's Young right. Blood. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, which I'm very excited for. And also, they'll probably did they talk about Blades at all? Their their mobile game. Oh, it got yeah. delayed. It got delayed. Right. Yeah. Because it was supposed yeah. to come out end of last year. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So maybe more of that. If it's not already out, I don't know. Yeah. Woo! That wraps up our fetch quests, and we're going to jump into our third party shit. Now, this is kind of exciting. So, um, we got some Oculus news. First up, Oculus Rift's new headset receives price and release window. This is from Javi Gualtani. Javi G from Game Informer. (laughs) I think it's (laughs) Gualtani. What? Gualtani? Is it Gualtani? Gualt. Sure. Gwalt Disney. (laughs) (laughs) That's just me. So, Oculus Rift S is coming in spring for $400. It is made in partnership with Lenovo, speaking of Ryan's laptop from work, for comfortability. (laughs) It's going to be, it's going to, they're aiming to make it fit better on your head despite it actually being a little bit heavier. So, it's going to be more comfortable Mm. to wear, even though it's a little heavier. And increased resolution to 1280 by 1440 per eye. And then internal sensors for motion tracking, rather than having to have external sensors tracking you as well. That's going to be nice. Yeah. And I think $400 is a good price point for what they've got right now, too. Yep. So and then we got this next one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unstoppable Beat Saber is coming to Oculus Quest from Chris Carter at Destructoid. So if you have Oculus Quest, which is the wireless... Uh, completely like all in one. You don't need a PC for it. Oculus, Beat Saber's coming to it, and according to Greg Miller, who got hands on at GDC, it is nearly flawless, and it's going to be great. And I'm so excited for everyone in the world to play Beat Saber. Yep, that is- I, I'm Matt got Oculus Carpal Quest, Tunnel so from Beat wait. Saber. 
It's true. I have the platinum trophy in Beat Saber. I was waiting to see how long it would take. Ryan so loves where? talking about Beat Saber, and Holden wishes he could play Beat Saber. Everyone loves Beat I've Saber. I've never played. I really I've never do want to play Beat Saber. Saber. I didn't say you did. I said you love talking about it. I don't like talking about I'm it. Making just because you like to talk you. about it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting about this though is that I don't know. I'll I've die. never played. Okay, don't die. Um, on, <laughs> I'll try. On PSVR, it's the only place I've ever played Beat Saber. But the way that I use the move controllers is I actually hold them from the bottom and I use the weight of the controllers in my favor so that I only have to move my wrist a little bit, but it's like swinging the lightsaber a little bit more. Uh So I use that to my advantage a lot, whereas on Oculus Quest, like your hand is the controller almost, like wrapped in such a way that your wrist will have to move a lot more than what I tend to Hmm. do on Beat Saber. So if I ever play this on Oculus Quest, which I won't... um, it might take some getting used to. I don't know if I'll be as good at it. That, but uh, for Oculus Quest Beat Saber, I feel like that is the system seller. Like that is going oh, yeah. to be the that's what's yeah. going to be on the box. Like they're going to show here's where you can play Beat Saber. You you get it's it a two ninety nine Beat Saber machine, right? Yeah. And for a lot of people, that's what a lot of people are waiting for. You don't have a computer that can that can play a normal Oculus Rift. You don't have a PS4 that you can do PSVR with. Like here's your here's your way into VR. And oh wait, it has the the best, in my personal opinion, the best VR game right now going is Beat Saber. It's so fun. It's like it's yep. it's it's life changing. Honestly, it's I lied. It's three ninety nine. It's a three ninety nine Beat Saber machine. Still it's worth it. It's worth Wait, it. So the, the Oculus Quest is three ninety nine. Sorry, I don't know much about VR and, and all. So yes, Oculus Quest standalone three ninety nine, uh, oh, and then Oculus Rift S is not standalone, yeah. but improved over the first one. Uh, also three ninety nine. Wow. Okay, that's pretty affordable to be honest. I was, I was expecting the Quest to be like a five hundred dollars machine. To well, be completely because, honest with you. Uh, oh, for the wireless one, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not going to be the full Oculus experience though. Like yeah. it is going to be a lot more of the like mobile lightweight uh, kind of experiences mm-hmm. that you're used to, like with Google Cardboard and stuff like that. But apparently now also with it's cool uh, Beat Saber and more expanded things due to the controllers. But you're not going to get the visual fidelity that you would from a regular Oculus. Yeah. It has the Hunter motion tracking of a Rift, but the games could be the same depending on if they can get it to run or not. Like, okay. yeah. That's cool, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Number three on our third party. Apparently, there's a rumor that GameStop 2.0, get that website right now while you can, GameStop <laughs> 2.0 wants to become a, quote, cultural experience. This comes from Joshua Duckworth at Game Rant. Um, I don't know much about this, but I'm in support of the one sentence that you've written here, Holden. Uh, the source is anonymous, incredibly vague in details. Quote, new kinds of stores, better membership programs, variations of power-up rewards, and an emphasis on gaming culture. Ugh. So we have no idea what it is, but I'm kind of curious what you guys would want it to be. I, I, I got news for you. That source is Mr. GameStop going, hey... We want to make this. A, we want to make this a cultural experience. What do you guys think about that? And then it's, it's yeah. Like, what is your reactions to it? If you love it, great. That was us. Yeah. yeah you right. it. Oh no, I don't know who that was. That was I, a lie. I don't know. Like I, I still go into GameStop a lot. Like I go in and buy to get games a lot. Like like if I'm not buying a game digitally, I'm going into GameStop to buy. You know, any of my hardware. If I'm buying controllers, I I will go into GameStop. There's enough around me where it's easy and it's convenient. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't need it to be anything more than that, really. But better membership programs would be awesome. Like that would be cool. Like I'm, yes. I'm an elite pro member. It doesn't really get me shit. Like 
but it doesn't really get me anything. It gets me game informer. Yeah, I feel like if you buy if you buy used, it gets you a lot more than if you buy new stuff or hardware. Yeah, well, yeah. I, it, so yeah. I I do buy. I mean, I I went in there this weekend and they have they have a deal going right now for any used games four for twenty, uh, for any, under ten dollars, which is slim pickings. But it's I found a few games that I've been wanting to play that I can uh, I can milk some trophies from. So I got those. But yeah, yeah, milk I, those trophies. <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need the ga- games have to be any more. Like like I said, like membership would be great. But really, yeah. gaming culture and things like that, they have some cool like tchotchkes and stuff in there. But I'm not going in there like buying t-shirts nah. and stuff. No, nah, I, I read, I read, the, I found the article. I think you pulled this from Holden. And yeah. what was I thought was interesting? It's they one of the concepts that they were gonna pitch is where it's more of a like. A, uh, computer cafe type of situation where Ooh. they're going to have TVs set up on a whole wall and yeah. all the different systems and you go in there and like if you want to try say if I wanted to go in there I want to try Sekiro I would go get it off the shelf put it in the, put it in you know whatever system I wanted to play it on and I could play it there I could demo it live right there I thought that that concept yeah. was really cool I'm like That's I could a- be down for that that's a great idea, and I think that'd be way better than to have the stupid GameStop TV that they have running in there instead. Yes. Like, that would oh, be yeah. way better to have. Yeah, yes, for sure. And I think I think that's kind of what hopefully they're going for is making it an experience. It's like, it's the Starbucks hangout. Model. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be an experiential yep. place that people want to go to to be there rather than yeah, like just a place to buy games. They'll make money from featuring certain <clears> games <throat> like at, at their store. Like that's how they're going to make their money. Yep. Um, obviously selling stuff as well, but I mean they're going to have to change their model. With used games, is going to just stop being a thing if streaming yeah. Yeah. takes off, especially with digital. And the, the promise of Stadia, if, if yep. yeah, I mean if the promise of Stadia is real and it does become as big as as Google kind of wants it to be, and it streaming becomes a primary way people to buy games, how does GameStop fit into that with their yeah. model? Their model is used games, even if they were selling digital codes which we'll get to that <laughs> even if they were yeah. selling like hardware like is that enough they have like you said they have to sell trinkets and t-shirts and stuff yeah so that would i'd, I'd prefer this approach than more bullshit signs because gamestop needs a lot less signs it just they need to they need to change their thing up i think yes yeah they, had, they do have a new ceo i don't know if they yeah, saw yeah. that in an article too so yeah that is in there too yeah yeah well, that's kind of a nice transition to a story we're going to kind of talk about. Uh, a lot of times people are like, oh, my God, the digital future. What's going to happen to GameStop? And the rebuttal is, that's okay. They can still sell digital codes to these games physically in the store. But not from PS4. So switching to our Sony Quest log, retailers won't sell Sony PS4 digital game codes anymore. This actually comes from a leaked GameStop memo. Uh, this is from Sarah Fields at Game Rant. A leaked memo from GameStop regarding PlayStation Digital Codes says that as of April 1st, so that's in a week, no more digital codes at any online or physical retail store. That's not just GameStop. That is Walmart. That is Target. That is Best Buy. That is Amazon. That is you cannot buy digital copies of PlayStation games at any of these locations. You can still, you buy, can gift still cards. buy gift cards like for $50 of PSN credit, okay. but I cannot walk in... Uh, and buy a digital download code for God of War right. from a GameStop or I on Amazon.com. I don't see what the big deal is. I think this I don't is either. not news. Yeah, yeah I've never once thought to buy a digital code, like, except for, to buy it from my PlayStation or to buy it. Like if I buy a digital game, I'm usually buying it from my PlayStation. Rare exceptions that Chad brought up. We were talking about it before. Is you want to get a sale on Amazon or something like that? But I mean, you get yeah. sales on PlayStation pretty often. I mean, it's not. I don't know. Yeah. I, 
I just don't think this is a big deal. It makes sense. How does Sony make money off of printing those cards out and selling them to GameStop? I don't know. I just I just don't see where they make money in that. Yeah. Well, I, I've bought a I've bought a digital game from GameStop before, and I came home, plugged the code into my Xbox, and all it did was load me with fifty dollars or sixty dollars on my Xbox, and then I had to go to the Microsoft store on my Xbox and buy the game. Oh, really? So I was like, "What?" I was like, "What's the point?" I was, I was like, "I don't think what? that's how it's intended to work." No, but that's what, it, and that's what it is. And I, like, I double checked, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's the code he they gave me." And I re re put it in, and I was like, "It just loaded me with cash." And I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'm getting what I got. Like, I'm getting what I wanted." So, so I think the weird. the big use case I see. Uh, I've used it a few times where like Amazon will have a sale for a particular mm-hmm. game that I'm interested in, and I'm like, sale on the digital code for it. It's like, okay, cool, cool. I'll get that instead of buying it from the PSN. Um, or if people like moms want to buy a digital download code for their kid or something like that, especially if like these new digital only, not disk drive future uh, consoles are in the future. Um, but I think what mostly this does is it monopolizes the digital space. Mm-hmm. Because before this, you had options of where you could go to buy a digital game, whereas now you can only go through PlayStation. And if we're all, like, thinking worst-case scenario, that could then discourage Sony from having sales at all on their store. If Mm -hmm. they're the only place you can buy digital, there's no competition, then why would they even do that? I don't think that's going to happen. But would they lower the price then? I don't (laughs) think they'll do that because... I mean, yeah, you're right. There's no digital competition for them. Mm-hmm. But if, if people know there's never going to be sales and it turns out there's a sale of $40 for whatever new PlayStation exclusive it is, they'll just buy the physical version if they're a price-conscious consumer. So I, they do have that competition still. What if you don't have the option for physical, though? Like, you know, well, a whole digital that, feature. Well, I think the next console is going to have is going to have uh, discs. I'd be surprised if PS5 didn't have a disc drive. So I think that's a little bit farther out than... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it's that we're probably talking like late next decade. Yeah, will be, be an issue. So we'll, I mean, we'll see. It just depends how things the evolve by that point. Store coffin. Yeah, but again, though, would it, would it drop the price though? Now that they don't have a competition, even if it's say a multi-platform game, mm-hmm. if I if it's sixty dollars on my Xbox but fifty dollars on a PlayStation, is that going to bring more people over to the PlayStation? They've they experimented won't... with dropping prices on digital products in the past. I think it was PSP. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was PS Vita. It was one of the two. Like, when it launched, if you bought it digitally, you saved, like, five bucks on it or something like that. Um, but that didn't last very long. I don't know why. But I think we even saw this with, like, the Epic Game Store. And uh, what game was it where it was 50 bucks on Epic, but it was Metro. 60 bucks on Steam? Was it Metro? Yeah, Metro. Yeah, Metro. Or not. No, yeah. it was. It was Metro. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, know, I don't know how much of a dent or impact that made, but I, it's something people are trying. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be surprised just because the value of the game is $60. People are already willing to buy games for $60. They'll make more money now. They'll try to get away with it first before they they'll try to They'll try to get away with it. Yeah. But yeah. I think, like yeah. you said, most people are okay with that because they don't really look at it and say, okay, well, what's the cost of mm-hmm. you know the casing and the artwork and all that stuff? And yeah. that's something actually Matt and I brought up on time is once you go digital, what's the, what's the real need for cover art? You really don't need all that much. It's just a logo. It's all you need. Thumbnail. Yeah. The thumbnail. And so you kind of lose that yeah. little artistic stuff. That's kind of like I'm looking at my Kingdom Hearts three in front of me, and it's just the cover art. It's awesome. It's you know, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool. So that is pretty dope. It's a piece of art. It is. So. Akira has a pretty good icon for the digital copy. Their icon's pretty cool. Um, did you get the free dynamic themes with it too? I did. I haven't used them yet though. Oh. Well, they're pretty cool. 
I had something to say about the digital stuff, and now I get distracted because I thought about Sekiro. So we'll just move on. <laughs> All right, moving on. Death Stranding hits a, quote, critical phase as Kojima plays the game, quote, every day on PS4. From Vicky Blake at Eurogamer, this is a tweet from Hideo Kojima, quote, Death Stranding is not yet in difficulty adjustment or debugging stage, but combining all the parts made in different tools and development machines into one game. It's a process to connect the parts to fix the operation, feelings, the production, the specifications, the trouble, and to strip the flesh and make changes while I play the game directly every day on PS4. Critical phase. I think this is kind of in direct contrast to a story we read a couple weeks ago that was like, it's having trouble in a conceptual phase or something like that. No, no, they just said that they were slightly behind schedule, not by much. Oh, behind schedule. Slightly behind schedule. Yeah. So, so they, it sounds like they're very much in that. the polishing phase, like polishing difficulty, polishing all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, not yet difficulty, but production, how it feels, all that kind of stuff. I still think yes. this game could come this year based on that. No. So actually there's something else in there as well that was that it's still not one whole piece yet. They still have the game in like separate. Oh, they did mention that in here actually. They have the game in separate parts. Yeah, they need to put it all together. That's. I don't know. I think next year. I still think next year. I don't think. Well, it's I mean, like, year. how how many pieces could it be in? Is it like a five hundred piece puzzle? <laughs> I could do one of those in like an hour. Five hundred <laughs> levels sounds like a lot. Do you think putting it together is just remembering what sequence things are supposed to go in? Because that's easy. No, but the, once you put those things together, it's all right. How smooth is that transition? There's things to consider once you have. It together like that, and then you got a mod podge it so it all stays together, and you put it in a frame. <laughs> Lots of. Duck- Have you ever written code, Chad? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Ever? No. Okay. Yeah. It's not as easy as a puzzle. <laughs> yeah. I think, it does, I think it you put two levels together, then realize like, oh shit, this doesn't work. And well, the first company that makes coding things is as easy as a puzzle. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. Then we've got. Oh, we've already mentioned this earlier. But yes, PlayStation will hold a Nintendo Direct-style show on Monday from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. It will be held at 2 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, It will have already happened by the time you're listening to this. It's going to cover PS4 and PSVR software, and it will be out uh, Monday. Uh, Great. I'm very... It's called State of Play is the name of the show, which... Mm -hmm. Okay, name. Cool. It's as good a name as Nintendo Direct or Inside Xbox, but... Yeah, sounds good enough. I'm just really hoping for Last of Us Part 2 release date. Yeah, I don't think and we're gonna see anything near that big. Damn, it's the first one. They want to have a they want to have a splash. But then I said the same thing about Xbox's Inside Xbox event, yeah. and they didn't do anything. <laughs> don't, so don't don't overhype we'll it. And they don't have enough. Remember that's they're gonna they're talk about PS Five definitely. Okay, because it's coming this year. <laughs> PS Five release date. <laughs> well, they've got to talk about it soon if it's coming. I mean, out they this said year. upcoming PS Four and VR software probably because they're tricking us. That's, that's definitely it. what it is. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we're going to take a break real quick and talk about our sponsorships, but we don't have sponsors because we're babies. We're sexy babies, so we wear bikinis to our debutante ball. <laughs> I'm five years old. I'm a sexy baby. No, we sponsor you guys. <laughs> and we do this in the form of a few different things. One of them is our participation trophy. Whoa, oh my God, I can participate? Yes, you can. And in fact, you have four opportunities in March. This is number three that we're about to announce and announce the winner for, and number four that we're about to announce the competition for. Holy crap. (sighs) So, last week in March, we had you guys uh, tweet out to us and say, I want from Respawn Name Fire, and then something you want for us to do in 2019. And... 
nine of you gave us your ideas about what you want from us. And we're so very happy. And almost every single piece of it aligns with what we were already thinking ourselves. So I'm very happy to hear that we are very in tune with our community. So nine people, we are about to pick a number between one and nine. Can I get a drum roll, please? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Siri, pick a number between one and nine. (laughs) That's, That's all I got. Five, one, two, okay. three, four, five. J.E. from At Pound. He's not from At Pound. He's from, his thing is At. J.E., you win. <laughs> 20 bucks of the gaming service of your choice. You guys have one more week of March to participate. Another $20 gift card to whoever wins that one. This week, we want your help building a community of really cool people just like you. We love interacting with you. We hope your friends are cool too. So we want you to help us build that up. So start your tweet this week with, I recommend at Respawn and Fire. Tag a friend who you think would really identify with us and, and really enjoy our content. And then let them know why. And then, of course, use hashtag birthday trophy because that was so much easier than participation trophy. No more Donald Trump tweets. Um, yeah, do that out. We love you guys. We want your friends to be our friends too. Uh, look on our Twitter on our pinned tweet. Because I'm going to make it our pin tweet later tonight, so uh, look at that for this one. Would you look at that? You know what I say to that? You guys seen that video? <laughs> no. You haven't seen no. that? I'll send it to you. You know what I say to that? <laughs> I say, oh, I, would you look at that? Anyway. Nope. Uh, next up, we have hashtag thanks for creating. Shut up, me. Um, last week, this is International Women's Month, so uh, last week we did thank your favorite female actor. The actor who portrays uh, a female Jesus. in a video game. This week, we're going to do thank your favorite female video game content creator. That could be a ton of different people. That could even be Matt's baby-ass baby mode, what's good game shirt for any of those ladies on that show. That could be a ton of people as long as they are or identify as female. Next up, our bar for the month is Kingdom Hearts. I've yet to buy it. Holden is still probably <laughs> playing it. <laughs> yep. We have through the end of April. It's going to get done, I promise. And I might love it. That's an option. <laughs> <laughs> and then E3 predictions. Guys, write into us. We're coming up very, very soon on our kind of like general early E3 predictions. We want to, it's going to be a big one, possibly new hardware launches. Uh, so write in about what your next gen predictions about E3 might be, and we will see how they align with ours and read them on the show. I just dropped something. I don't know if you guys heard it. <laughs> I, I totally I saw, saw your reach face for reaction. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's so many words i just said um our last thing is actually going to take us into our main quest here in a a second ryan subscriber interrogatives we have a ryan on the show the ryan orion's belt is around the cat's neck we have one (laughs) (laughs) that's the most random meta black reference (laughs) but you saw the logical progression of how i got there you totally saw it it worked it clicked that that's amazing it's so random, though. <laughs> Chad, you're Dustin incredible. Hill at Dustin Hill wrote in and asked us this. Ryan, will you read it? This is the first time people will have seen a Ryan's interrogative in Ryan's voice. Okay. No, Chad, this is you saying it, though, right? This is you do the impression. Right? Oh, right. This is going to be my impression of Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, go. Hey, Respawning Far. With Google Stadia announced, what kind of support will it bring to mobile gaming? Will, like, Pokemon Go have a new robust battle system that can give access via the network? That's a good impression, Chad. Wow. Thank you. Well oh, done, that's, Chad. That's tough on my throat. Hopefully you can do it next week, too. <laughs> yeah, we'll <laughs> do it. 
Uh, so thank you, Justin, for writing in. I honestly think I have, I have two different opinions about this. One, it will have absolutely no effect at all. Mobile gaming will remain mobile gaming. You'll play Bejeweled, whatever you want, on your phone, and it will have no effect from Google Stadia at all. I think that's the most likely scenario as well. And then the other option I see is is that Google Stadia becomes a standard and then uh, nothing goes to the App Store because they might as well put it on Google Stadia and get more money and uh, Apple loses out on all that revenue and iPhone fails. <laughs> <laughs> but everything likely becomes the Google Stadia. Because very, everything very is a mobile game. If that happens, iPhone is blocking that shit. Stadia is getting blocked <laughs> on yeah. the iPhone. That is not happening. Yeah. No way. Apple will not stand for that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whether it's Peggle or whether it's Assassin's Creed, I, there there's not really a line anymore between what is a mobile game if you can play it on your phone no matter what. Yeah. 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 I don't know if it's going to have any effect on like Pokemon Go because they're not going to migrate all the way over to Google Stadia and then just have the same experience in a browser. But maybe there could be something where they say, hey, we're going to allow you to offset some of the processing to Stadia that way you can do crazy things with AR you couldn't do before because you're going to rely on some of that processing power up there, then maybe they could do some crazy things with uh, Pokemon Go. That's more of like an API than it is access to like Stadia directly from your phone. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be... The, you won't be able to access a lot of those sensors and things like that from Chrome. Like, no, for, but for it, AR no, and all that kind of stuff, you no, won't no, be no, able no, to, no, no, no. to do what that. What I'm saying is... Pokemon Go will implement an API in their app on iPhones, on Android devices that lets it tap into the Stadia servers to process certain elements of that game outside the phone. So they could do more than what's on the phone's processor. And then so Google's not... going to let that happen outside of Chrome? Would it be well, just be an, it's no, an they, app? It would just, no, it would be an, an API. It would just be, it'd be tools that Google gives out to developers, just like they do right now. I see what there, Chad's there, trying to there say. Are cl- no, there are cloud tools that AP, Google APIs that you can bake into an iOS app. So you can have access but it's to not, like Google it's not Drive be and things Google like that. Stadia, though. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is okay. that they might allow developers to say, hey, we, we'll let you utilize some of our technology so you can tap into those servers. And, and maybe it's going to tie in through achievements or something like that with Stadia. I don't know. But they could feasibly do that. That could improve gotcha. the performance of the game. I'm just saying it's a hypothetical. Hmm. But yeah, I, I think they more likely though, could just do nothing's going to happen. They, Google wants to be everywhere. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, API. That's yeah. totally. Th- I just thought you yeah. were trying to say like Pokemon Go will have Stadia, but it's not going to be legit in Stadia. No, 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 so, no. It just have access to the servers for Stadia to help it with processing power. Just like Microsoft's whole promise of of the cloud and processing from the cloud to enhance your games on Xbox One, just like that. Which actually, we'll talk about that as we get into Google Stadia stuff. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm going to let you lead that discussion because my face is tired. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So we've talked about Google Stadia already in our, our kind of side quest episode, but I wanted to talk about kind of the aftermath of of the week now that we've seen a lot of this stuff. Phil Spencer has uh, made a comment on it. We have little tidbits like uh, we have access to the Xbox adaptive controller um, through Stadia, which is pretty cool. Uh, so I want to talk about a few of this stuff, including actually a, a video from Digital Foundry that just kind of goes through some of the, the specs and what they think. Um, it's all – we still need a lot of information, obviously, on the Google Stadia, but I think there's enough that's very intriguing about it. Really quickly, though, for our listeners that have not listened to Went Gaming, because you have talked about it already in your podcast, but what are your kind of views on Stadia? How do you guys feel about it? Ryan, you want to go? 
You want to go first? Yeah, go ahead, Matt. All right, so go ahead. I'm I'm a big fan of Stadia, and I think it really is like we talked about it on When Gaming, and we were like, this is going to be a moment. That um, press conference is like a moment in gaming where you'll remember that like going forward. You'll remember like, oh, my God, remember when they released the controller that connects to Wi-Fi instead of Bluetooth, and it like changes the game. And you can switch between your phone, your TV, your, um, Chromecast now will support your games. It's just like... A totally different way to play, and the way they're selling it, and the way that it's supposed to work, if it does work the way it's supposed, they're saying, even close to it, it changes the way you play games. A hundred percent, that hard stop, that's it. Like, it changes the way games are played, it changes the way games are developed, um, it changes the way you interact with games, interact with other people playing games, how you play with your friends. One of the cool little tidbits from Stadia was... I was always bummed that couch co-op, you know, kind of went like traditional couch co-op where like you'd sit down with an N64 and play with four friends kind of went away. But it it made sense because they were talking about what kind of processing power that takes over two, you know, like if you're playing two people on one screen, that's two iterations of that game. That's really pushing the processor on on the system, which makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Now with this where you can make, you know, you can play four people on one screen, maybe even more. I don't know if you want to fit more than four on a screen, but like they have each one has their own dedicated server, dedicated uh, state or iteration. I forget what they were calling it, like for that game, for that instant. So totally changes that. I think that it's awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that some of that couch co-op split screen is some of my favorite things that they showed there. Like what you can actually do with this technology other than just saying, yeah, it's a supercomputer running your game. Like, no, we have cool features that are enabled by that. Right, yeah, absolutely. <gasps> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Look at that adorable little girl. Sorry, my daughter had to come say night to me. Can I tweet my thanks to her as gaming personality now that she's officially been on a podcast? <laughs> wave? wave? No, okay. Nope, she doesn't want to hear you guys. <laughs> Rejected, Chad. No, you cannot feature her on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but, yeah, so I think what Matt was, everything Matt was saying, the big part was community. Uh, my favorite part, and I think it was called the crowd. Actually, I have our notes from our episode. What would you call it? The Dang it, where, where is it? Crowd where you play, can, I think it was Yeah, called? crowd play or something where you can jump in. Yeah, and like the yeah, crowd play where you can jump into the streamer that you're watching. I thought that idea was incredible, just because it kind of tied into what Matt and I are trying to do. It is we're trying to do this podcast, this this content creation of we're playing a game, but we want to build a community. And so you know, you get this, the bigger streamers, it's going to be a little different. But I still think that that concept of I'm watching somebody and oh hey, they're playing. I think the example they gave was like NBA 2K. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play with them. And you just kind of hop in the queue and you just wait to play. And you're playing like one-on-one little matches against, you know, some of the top streamers in the world. And you can, I think that's, that's a really cool concept. Yeah. So I, I, I think streaming is just the, I picture, streaming on Twitch and streaming video games is just the future. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that uh, example, the NBA example, I picture like a big streamer, someone that streams NBA, like doing a three, like holding a three point competition one night. And so they get yep. in the game and they're doing just the three. You can go in the all-star events and you can play just the three point competition. And that's quick. I mean, you can get that done in five, ten minutes, and then you get you you unleash the you you open up the queue to everybody, and everybody can just jump in and play and see who can knock off you know the master or like whatever. See how close people can get to to beat that person. I think that that's cool. That's really cool. 
What happens when someone just joins your queue and just starts shouting racial slurs? Oh, I think you got to control. I think you got to control the the, uh, the chat there. Definitely. I don't know if that's that's something you just want to leave so. open. Well, I guess it's the same idea as. Um, I guess for big organizations, there's a way to do this, but radio shows you have listeners just call in. What's to stop someone from just race uh, yelling racist things there? The dumb I think people who vet. Well, yeah, I think people, well, yeah, I think people who vet beforehand, so like bigger organizations, will have a way to kind of like cue people in, talk to them beforehand, and then send them off. I don't know. Yeah, it would be curious too to see like if if you have to vet people not only like that way or like and also by connection strength. Like going by, uh, like people yeah. get sorted oh, by yeah. uh, internet and things like that. That that would be something mm-hmm. totally different, but um, on the same, you know, same. Kind yeah, of you could do an Uber Uber star rating st- style of Ooh, thing where you everyone gets oh, everyone yeah. gets a rating. So if you have a bad experience yes. with somebody, you give them a bad rating, and then it's a cumulative rating of that person. Yeah. So it'll match people with one stars with one stars like Uber does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least used to. I don't know if they still Uber's do Uber's doing that. Oh. Lyft does that. Uh, China's doing that as well. That's right. China's <laughs> China China is doing that. There's, yeah. there's a social rating Just, system. Yeah. yeah. That's an episode of Black Mirror. So, right? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. Nosedive. So. Yeah. Digital Foundry went through the performance, and there, there's a lot of stuff here. I mostly want to focus on the latency part of it. Um, maybe one of you guys can explain one aspect to it, because I actually didn't fully understand it. But um, basically, he was um, guys at Digital Foundry were comparing the latency of Google Stadia versus Project Stream, when Project Stream was out, but also PCs on 30 frames per second, 60 frames per second, and then an Xbox One X. So the latency on Google Stadia was 166 uh, milliseconds, and on, I'm just going to compare it to Xbox One X for most of this. Xbox One X was 143 milliseconds, so they were actually very, very close in terms of response time with the controller, which is huge. Obviously, there's a difference there, but I don't think that's going to be a massive enough difference to matter. If you're getting 79 milliseconds on a PC, 60 frames per second, and Xbox One X at 143 mil, uh, milliseconds is not seen as a gigantic disadvantage if you're to do like crossplay or something like that right obviously there's a competitive edge if you're really really good for most people that's not going to matter i think that was that 23 milliseconds is negligible i think that's fine but then they mentioned this and maybe you guys can explain this when you're compensating for display lag google stadia and xbox one x are both at 166 milliseconds yeah, so this is what I believe they're they're getting at is yeah. the delay between you pressing the button and that happening in the game no, is 143. Totally. Yeah. And then there's an extra lag between the Xbox and the TV. So depending on what display you're hooked up to, how quick that refresh rate is, yes. that's what the extra lag and is. And I'm for. assuming they're saying that because Google Stadia is just always going to that server, it doesn't really mm-hmm. change anything. However, right. Project Stream did have a different that went from 179 milliseconds to 200 milliseconds when they accounted for display lag. So I'm not sure if they changed something in the meantime, but I thought that was interesting. But the, the crux of this is that display input, I mean, uh, uh, lag, input lag is probably not going to be a huge issue. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely It doesn't not. seem like it's going to be, and that's awesome to hear because that was a big concern of mine. The fidelity from what we're hearing can kind of waver a little bit depending on your connection. But yeah. That's I mean, a even when I played Project Stream... Project Stream for me was input lag was not really a hindrance at all. That's not what I had issue with. I had issue with yeah. the stream itself and the quality of the video that I was seeing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, but didn't didn't yeah. didn't testers at GDC say that there were issues with uh, the lag? They were playing so Assassin's on, Creed. Yeah, on, on Doom Eternal, I heard. Oh, Doom was, Eternal. Yeah, it was basically they. Would say, I think one of the headlines was like, "It's not perfect, but it's not ruinous." Is the term that they they use? Like okay. it works, but it's not ruin. It's not better than a console 
And the GameSpot article we referenced, too, they said that it was more noticeable on mouse and keyboard than it was on mm-hmm. controller because controller you're already used to a little bit more lag anyway. Yeah. 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 So I think it's just if you're super sensitive to that and you're used to that immediate response time. Which yeah. those people have PCs and they wouldn't consider Stadia anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I had a huge argument with my coworker about that uh, last <laughs> week. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't even like if I was going to play Stadia, I probably like mouse and keyboard wouldn't be my way to go for it. It would always be that. Right. It would always be the Google Stadia controller. Like that, totally. that would yeah. be the way I'd play it. And the way I play Xbox One X, like it, that doesn't bother me at all. Like not in the least. So mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. Well, good thing that we learned that pretty much at launch of Google Stadia, you pretty much will have the option of keyboard or Google Stadia controller. Yeah. Like, you won't much, unless you're playing on a PC with an Xbox controller, it's not like you can connect your Xbox controller to a Chromecast to play. You have to play with the Google Stadia. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's yeah. going to expand as more platforms jump on board. But oh, sure. and Mad Cats will have their controller. Mad Cats went bankrupt, and then they came back. I They'll, forgot about that. Yeah. Mad Cats will never die. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the most interesting piece of all the stories we have here about Stadia, um, we'll skip the first party stuff right now, um, is X- Phil Spencer talking about Stadia and his kind of comment. Yeah. There's a long memo here, but I kind of highlighted what I thought were some of the big stuff there. He said, there were no big surprises in their announcement, although I was impressed by their leveraging of YouTube, the use of Google Assistant, and the new Wi-Fi controller. Google went big today, and we have a couple of months until E3 when we will go big. We have the content, community, cloud team, and strategy. As I've been saying for a while, it's all about execution. So he doesn't seem too worried. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Um, he did I mention... The, the heart of his letter was mentioned like in the first paragraph, too, where it says, uh, it was nice to see validation for what we've been working on the last two years. Yep. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And I guess my thought is, because I'm reading this going, they know something. Like, they have something else. And yep. I wonder how much... <clears throat> The integration of streaming and console is how important that's going to be. Like, I was thinking about things like loading times and how there's no loading times at all on Stadia. However, it's not going to look as nice and the console will look better. But you could utilize streaming to reduce the loading time while you're loading in the rest of the game and then just kind of hand off to the console version. Things like that where they could really play with that in an interesting way that Stadia wouldn't be able to do. It wouldn't replace Stadia because I think that there's going to be something to be said for not having to buy a console and just buying a $60 game if you just want to play one game, like yeah. NBA or something like that. But I wonder how much we were not considering about how they can leverage Nextbox and this system. Yeah. And that's why they kind of have to talk about... X, they, I, I kind of said earlier they wanted. I think that they're going to talk about XCloud primarily this year, then release the next consoles next year. But maybe they have to talk about it at once because they're kind of related in a way that they want to show it off as kind of one big piece. Yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I I think um, with with what you were saying, I think Google's in a good position. Uh, Microsoft is in a good position to kind of be like. Oh yeah, like what Google's doing is great, guys. But don't worry, we're not taking away your consoles. Like we have, here's what we yeah. have, and we're also integrating this. And the good things about that are going to come here. And it just like you know, well, Google can be like the daring uh, older cousin. Like Xbox can be like, <laughs> hey, listen, like here's the sa- you know, you still, yeah. you still, because when I looked at the Google Stadia stuff on Twitter and in comment sections on websites, everybody was like, no, no, thanks. I'll st-, like a lot of people, not everybody. We're saying, like, no, I'll stick to my PC, my mouse and keyboard. I'll stick to my console and sit on the couch, whatever. And, you know, so, yeah. like, for those people, hey, listen, like, we're not taking away your stuff here, but here's how we're going to make things, like, we're going to move to the future. Here's the next step for us. Yeah, I think Stadia is more for 
non-gamers. I think it's a it's a it's yeah. the it's the gateway gaming system mm-hmm. that'll kind of get you in the door because it is accessible no matter where you are. Yeah. With Xbox, you do you like Xbox and PlayStation. They have their you know their their fanboys and the people who are very mm-hmm. strict of PlayStation or Xbox, and then you have that now divide of because because PlayStation overtook Xbox, you have people who have both consoles. Yeah. Who's really going to go and buy a whatever a subscription or what? However, the pricing like method for Stadia is it's another one to add on top of it. So mm-hmm. I think that that Xbox has that advantage of we have the community already, and we have loyal community. You know, there are people like my, like myself. I I have an Xbox. I don't have a PlayStation, even though I want a PlayStation just to play with more people to expand my library. But yeah, it's when it comes to a game, I'm going to buy it on Xbox if I had either. Yeah, and I feel like that's going to work in Microsoft's favor for mm-hmm. so many people. Mm-hmm. And to kind of extend that, Microsoft's ready for this because they have the internet infrastructure. I think I mentioned yes. that Microsoft, Google, and Amazon are the three companies that have the internet infrastructure for this. Anybody else who wants to get into game streaming is going to be getting servers from them. Yeah. So Microsoft, Google, and Amazon will always have the competitive against because they'll know those servers better than <clears throat> anybody else. Always, yep. every time. Yeah. Yep. So they're set for this. How does it impact Sony? Can Sony compete on that level? They'll never be able to. No. And I think that's really out. interesting. Cool. That <clears throat> it is. Like, well, I mean, not, not, I'm not setting a doomsday scenario for Sony. They'll make it work. They have a lot of money. Yeah. They'll figure it out. <laughs> but how long is it going to take them to figure it out? I don't know. And it's a, it's a big undertaking. Or do they just pull a Nintendo and, and blaze their own trail? Right. Yeah, totally. I was kind of thinking about it too. Like, completely different route. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of become like, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense because I see Nintendo the same way, but as like a second tier console. Like Sony kind of becomes a second tier. Like, oh, I go to Sony because I love Uncharted and I love The Last of Us and I want to go to those experiences. But but the real consoles are the Xbox and the Stadia (laughs) and and whatever Amazon calls there. It's probably just Prime. Or Walmart. Walmart, you know, Walmart's going into the streaming business. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, man, that's hysterical. (laughs) I didn't know they had a gaming computer line. Do they really? What is it called? I didn't know, I didn't know that. Yeah, I do know that called... they had. Good. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh, but it... I do know. I do know they have a a streaming video system, yeah. uh, service oh, already. So they, yeah. They have. Yeah. They have that, and they've had it. So yeah. since yeah. 2010, I believe. They're, I wonder uh... if we'll then if we'll see with all of this. You know how we have like mobile gaming, handheld gaming, and console mm-hmm. gaming. I wonder if we're still just going to have console gaming, streaming gaming. Mm-hmm. Like a new and mobile game, like if if it's just it, going to be a new section yeah. and consoles still going to well, stick around in its traditional form as it absolutely would, but then like there are streaming partners and Sony's not one of them. Phil Spencer has said as much. I mean, he basically said that streaming is not replacing consoles; it's just another tier of it. It's like yeah. saying, mm-hmm. "Well, PC gaming is so much better than consoles. Why would anyone do that? Because someone's right. willing to invest more money, a few hundred dollars, to get what they think is a better experience." Mm-hmm. I think this is exactly like ten years ago when the App Store launched, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, mobile gaming's the future. No one's gonna be playing on consoles anymore." And then <laughs> no, it's just like fucking something <laughs> people do on the train. Yeah. <laughs> and then this is, that's exactly how I feel about this now. It's like, "Oh my God, this is launch of the iPhone. This is Google Stadia. It's gonna be amazing. This is the future." Mm-hmm. Everything's and then no, it's just another way to play games. Yeah, yeah. but I'm but, pumped as fuck for it, and I don't know any oh, yeah, of the absolutely. hardware stuff yeah. or how that's going to make it happen. And unlike <laughs> Phil Spencer, 
yeah, I didn't see any of this coming, so all of it's a surprise to me, and I'm just so getting, like, you saw me on the side quest. We started out with me acting like a fucking pterodactyl because I was so excited. <laughs> I'm just, I can't fucking wait for E3. Oh, yeah. This is oh, going to be, gonna be, it's going to be awesome. So exciting. And I'm very yep. curious how much they're going to talk about just the reporting, if they can mention anything first party at all. It's going to bring us, like, the next story, so segue there. Um, a Google executive, uh, Phil Harrison, who was kind of brought on to lead a lot of the stuff, said that he was really pressuring Google into ensuring they had first-party support. One of the big reasons for that was we need to demonstrate the hardware to show people, uh, developers, how to use this hardware and what kind of things they could do with it. That's the importance of it. You need showcase items. And that's something that wasn't at this event. And I'm curious if it's... Because it's still new. Like, what, they got Jade Raymond. Mm. I mean, they just announced it a few weeks ago. They probably had her for a little while now. How long has Phil Harrison been? I don't even remember. But not long. Like, probably a year or two. They don't have anything first party. So I'm kind of curious how that shapes. Because this is a little bit different than... You want the first party for the launch to talk about the new hardware. And they don't, don't have that. I don't know I'm if, very curious. I don't know if that's as yeah. important right now. No. I think it will be important yeah. to have first party games on this service. But I don't no, think that I'm, that's important I'm not launch. disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that Phil Harrison has said that it's very important... Yet they didn't have that to show off. So are they going to mention anything at um, which I'm call it at E3 in terms of like st- like games they've bought to be exclusive and things like that? They can't show off no. as like their own game. Like it's not first party, but it's like their own game. Sure. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious how much of that we're going to see, like a Quantic Dream or a uh, MDHR Cuphead. You know, exclusive. Exactly. exactly. Exclusivity. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious for that as well because we didn't really hear anything about that at all yeah so i'm kind of curious no we didn't hear we didn't hear we heard a lot of big talk but no nothing down into the weeds yeah but it was also like a developer event it was yeah yeah, but still even developers need to understand what specs and specs came out after the fact after the the press conference of how many you know what's your internet speed actually to to run it so that kind of came out later yeah, we know it's 25 megabits per second down for 1080p, but we don't know what it is for 4K yet. They were kind of vague yeah. on that one. They just said, if you can stream 4K YouTube videos, then you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Which, I don't, I mean, I don't know the, the math behind that, but that seems crazy to me. It'll be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Dope, dope, cool. dope. Well, the future is in the future. And right now we have two great guys on our show with some great topics that they brought for a segment we call We're So Fucking Humble, because... Holden and I are going to take a backseat and let you guys drive the show for a bit. So I'm going to start with, I've already forgotten both your topics, so I can't choose a favorite. Let's choose Matt's topic. Matt, did you bring something to discuss for We're So Fucking Humble? I did. So I want to talk about game difficulty. Um, yeah. Last last week, I for the first time, I watched this documentary called King of Kong Fistful of Quarters. Are you, any of you guys familiar? I've, I've heard the it. title. Okay, so it's been a long time. Yeah, though. it's about it's about the competitive. Oh, it was about competitive um, arcade game playing. So it was filmed in 2005, but it's really about like the history of like Donkey Kong and Centipede and and all those games and the, and all the the people that were high score champions and and the starting of Twin Galaxies, which is the scoreboard for video games, and it's recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records and. So anyway, the, it's it's a great documentary. It's got the greatest villain in anything I've ever watched in Billy Mitchell, 
who was in the news last year because of all of his scores came up as fraudulent, <laughs> which was like, it's like after watching this, I'm like, oh my God, he's such an asshole in this, like such a great villain. <laughs> like I'm talking like he is like Darth Vader levels of like villain. Like he is just like a terrifying, like just, he, oh, he's awesome. Billy Mitchell. And <laughs> he like picked the guy up while choking him and threw him across the room. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Just like and then you had that badass lightsaber yeah. scene at the end yeah. of Rogue One. Right. Just like that. It, Billy Mitchell. Yeah. Um, yeah. He has this amazing mullet. Enough about Billy Mitchell. Um, he, so I was watching that, and I'm thinking about like like what these guys are doing is nothing short of amazing. Like these games, old arcade games, old games in general, very difficult, especially when you're dealing with a thing where it's like not beat the game, it's you know indefinitely play the game for a high score. And a lot of times where you're you're not continuing, you're not just like starting over and keep playing. Um, when I started playing Wolfenstein Two: The New Colossus, I I played because I, I wanted to play the game. I, I played the first one on Xbox, um, and I got I, I 100%ed it. I got a 1,000 gamer score. And I, I was like, oh, for the second one, like, that was fun to do. Like, I'll do it on PlayStation so I can get a platinum. I'm, I'm a platinum chaser. I'm a, cha- I'm a trophy yeah. chaser. Yeah. I'm a trophy chaser. So I was like, I'll get the platinum for it. <laughs> I started playing it. I immediately played on the hardest difficulty. It's what I did on the on the first one. Um, but the, tro- the platinum trophy requires you to not only play it on the hardest difficulty but you gotta play it through it once on the hardest difficulty and then it unlocks a harder difficulty which is the same amount of difficult but it's permadeath so you play you only have one chance to play through the entire game and this is just like a bullet hell like it's it is it is going to be very tough if i even do it so i'm at the point where i'm like do i just give up and just play the game as much as i can and just like get all the trophies except for that one which would kill me inside. It's destroying me a little bit now. <laughs> or like, like, at what points do you guys like not give up on a game, but like stop playing for those like additional goals or me, or even like in, in a scenario where you're playing a game and like, this is just, I can't play through this game. It's just too tough. So I don't know. Uh, whatever you guys think about that. So I normally, whenever I'm in the context of trophy chasing, I normally start a game by playing it on normal. I play the game for fun to interpret it as the developer wanted me to interpret it. And then as I'm playing through it, maybe halfway through or three quarters, I start to check the trophy list. I'm like, (laughs) how attainable is this platinum trophy? And I go and look and I'm like, if it has, if it requires like six playthroughs, I'm like, fuck that. No, I'm not going to do that. If it's like the, with the exception of the uncharted games from the PS3 era where you did have to play through it a ton of times. Um, But if you, if it is something that's like abhorrently difficult, like playing with permadeath on the high hardest difficulty in a game that's already notoriously difficult, like that's to the point where I'm no longer having fun with it. Mm-hmm. And I think if there's one or two things that cause me some distress that like overall I'm still having fun, that's great. But if it's something that I'm not having fun with it and I and it's viewed as like a chore and I won't be I if I'm not proud of the end result in a way that's like, yeah, I can boast this, but like, it's it's not something that I, I think is worth chasing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel you on that. I've I've never really been a big trophy hunter. I get I I like getting the trophy. I like if I get a trophy, I'll hit the little notification to see what it is. But I've never been like I have to get the platinum. There was one game that I got 
very I have one trophy away from getting a platinum, and I just thought that game sucked. It's not worth going back to, <laughs> to do. And I so it was uh, Resistance Burning Skies, the really terrible Vita version. Oh of Resistance. man! I beat it once, and I only needed one more trophy to get the platinum. I had to just defeat one more of the big enemies. I could have just gone back to that one level, beat him, and that would have been it. Didn't want to because just like ugh, it's just not worth it. It's just I don't know. I don't I don't care about like those trophies, but. I love putting self-imposed challenges on myself. In the Zelda se- series specifically, I love doing three-heart challenges. I love doing things like that. And I'll just keep doing that until I've run out of different ways to play that game. Or I'm like, I just played this game too much. I need to stop yeah. and move on to something else. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 I don't know why I never became a trophy hunter. Because I like... I love getting trophies. Yeah. I don't know why I've never gotten into it. I think it's because it feels so unattainable. Yeah. Like, I see so many trophies, like in Bioshock. It's the beat the whole game uh, by never using uh, Vita Chambers. Fuck that. I'm yeah. never going to want to do that. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. It's yeah. not that yeah. hard. Uh, but yeah. it sounds impossible, and I just don't want to do it. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm a trophy hunter myself, too, you know, for gamer score. Like, I'll go on there, and I'll look at what the gamer score is. Like, what, what achievements do I need to complete? And I'll try to get those, but... When it comes to difficulty and me even playing a game, there's a reason I have never played a Bloodborne or Dark Souls, and I'm not going to pick up Sekiro, because <laughs> I, I've, I've first-hand events of friends playing the games and breaking their controllers out of frustration <laughs> to where I'm like, yeah, that's not me. I've, I can break controllers on my own in a different game where I'm actually <laughs> enjoying majority of the time. <clears throat> so yeah like there is that that difference of difficulty and it's a wall for me at least is if a game is made to be difficult no i'm not gonna play it but if it's a game that i can scale the difficulty on and have it be enjoyable like in kingdom hearts 3 i'm playing on normal difficulty and i've heard somebody i think it was on you, this podcast that someone was like yeah i'm playing it on proud mode and it's easy and I'm like, yeah, I think I need to bump it up to proud mode to actually make the game enjoyable because it is so easy. So I don't know what achievements that's going to give me, but to make the game enjoyable, to actually give me, I haven't died. And I'm, you know, like on the third world or whatever it is. So I'm like, yeah, there's, there's those times where you need to, to up the difficulty to make it where it's a challenge to where it keeps you engaged and keeps you wanting to come back for more. But a game that's like notoriously hard where it's like, no, you will not survive. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. See, I like yeah. that more than I like taking a game like Bioshock that isn't impossible and trying to do something impossible in it. I love the idea of this developer has set this game up to be difficult. They've done things for you to try to understand and to figure out. That's It's very rewarding when you finally figure, figure those out. But I also really like Nintendo's approach to difficulty. People like to say Nintendo games are so easy, but if you want to get everything in a Mario game, it's really yeah, hard. Definitely. It is not yeah. easy. Yeah. And that's where I think they handle difficulty really well, is if you want to beat the game, you can do that and have a fun time. It's not going to be too challenging. But to see that star over there that you can't get, yeah, you got to figure out how to get that one yeah. like, that's going to be a pain in the ass i love that i think that's a really great way of handling difficulty in games where it's it's variable difficulty it's just up to you there's no setting that says make it easier it's just they've designed it to be easy sometimes and hard other times and i, I like i like that approach a lot yeah. Yeah. yeah on the flip side of things i think there are times when i've wolfenstein 2 being one in particular where i've said i'm not enjoying this on standard difficulty and I, in order to get what I think the developer wanted me to get from the game, I have to go to baby-ass baby mode. And I've only done that a couple of times, and I've only started doing it recently. But it's like, I'm here to play this game. I'm here to have fun. And I think, honestly, the run-and-gun of Wolfenstein 2 on baby-ass baby yeah. mode, just like, 
obliterating everyone is how that game's supposed to be. On played. the first one, I played through the whole game and I got everything. Like I played through on near the top difficulty, then I played through again on the hardest just to see if I could do it. And when I got everything, mm-hmm. I went back and played on the easiest mode. And I believe I don't know what they call it, but the picture of BJ Blaskowitz has like a baby like like thing, yeah, yeah. Has a bonnet on. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it is like baby ass baby mode or something it's, like that. It's something along those it's lines. It's so fun it? and sabotage. It might be, yeah. I don't know what yeah. it is, but it's so satisfying. Just like ripping through Nazis like that. It's it, like dual wielding yeah. weapons. It's amazing. <laughs> like you don't have to worry about your ammo. You're just like but you're burning through. It's amazing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so yeah. I, I I don't think I'll get the platinum. It's not gonna make me enjoy the game any less because I'm not I'm not that hard out for a um for a platinum trophy. But it just was unfortunate because the first game kind of led me down a path where I was like, oh, I can I can do the whole thing and it'll be fun because I love playing the game. But uh, I just I won't get that that satisfaction of the hundred percent, which. The, I think the, that's tough to, to deal with sometimes too. Like I, I sometimes yeah. I get the platinum trophy as a way of saying I really love this game and I want to do everything yeah. in it to just let the developers know how much I appreciate yeah. it. Like Beat Saber Spider-Man. and God of War and Spider Man. Yeah. But then you look at something like The Last of Us, where I finish the game and I have six percent of the trophies, <laughs> yeah. and you have to play like forty hours yeah, of online. It, like, yeah. Yeah. That no. breaks my heart to not have more trophies in The Last of Us. But fuck that. Yeah. Yep. The difficulty in Wolfenstein Two is called. Can I play, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it, it, it is like that. I'm a sexy baby. Can I play, Daddy? <laughs> Another reason I don't like trophies, I feel like it turns my games into a checklist. Which... That's why I. That's why I like wait until like halfway three quarters of the way before i even start looking at the trophy yeah chad i like your method that that's really good like start play it normal play the way the developers want you to play enjoy it and then go back and see what you see what you're missing yeah because i think if i was just Mm -hmm. doing it like a checklist holding like you said like i think i would be turned off from a lot of games honestly yeah yeah i'm not even gonna look at the persona 4 golden trophy list yet like i I haven't (laughs) again it's been two hours i haven't done anything and i and i don't have one trophy yet like not one has popped (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> read 1000 text boxes yeah, exactly. got it got it yeah oh. first hour you already got it yeah that's brutal well thanks Matt for that riveting discussion about difficulty Ryan what's your segment for we are so fucking humble okay so something I've kind of recently noticed is a lot of games and game developers are coming out with these games that are geared towards streaming and by streaming I mean like on Twitch so like Apex Legends and like battle royale genre type games, their money maker really is streamers streaming their games and having people watch it. And I, if I remember correctly, I think Sekiro was the number one streamed game at least yep. on Saturday and Friday, maybe combined or something. And that's their that's how they're going to make money because it's a, it's another form of advertisement. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed that a lot of games are shifting towards this ability. You know, pleasure in streaming and, and someone watching somebody watch the game is how they're actually selling more copies. So um, the question is kind of like, what's your guys' take on that? And do you think more games are going to continue to make that leap over into stream like a likeness, I guess? I don't know the right term to call it, but yeah. Yeah, that's the future it's of advertising good. for games. Like yeah. Super Bowl ads, TV ads, kids, people are, we don't watch that anymore. I, I can't tell you the last time I saw an actual commercial. 
without having to first look it up yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that That's is a great their advertising feeling, though. Model now. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> like, oh my god, yeah, there's a new TV spot for Avengers. Fuck yeah, I'll Google yeah. that, but I won't <laughs> see it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. But you're you're right, Chad. You're gonna start uh, seeing a growth in that because you're gonna start seeing games centered around like Stadia's thing of playing with your uh, content creators yep. and stuff like that online. Like you're gonna see games tailored around that idea. Yeah. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, and game also, like Overcooked. I can't wait to play that in that style that sounds uh, like an awesome way to play overcooked just like yeah guys join yeah. in yeah like yeah oh my god yeah hey we've got three people we need a fourth person okay. in the kitchen you're like oh, you're a terrible chef get out of here we're bringing someone else in <laughs> <laughs> what was the, there was a company i think this is yeah absolutely people need to have this thought in mind when they're thinking about how they market their game it surprised me how long it took for the industry to kind of jump on board with that i think about the company I forget which game it was, but it was a game where they're like, oh, by the way, you can only stream the first, like, two hours of this. You're not allowed to stream anything else from this part to this part. And then, like, they were, like, Wasn't that Final Fantasy? copyright Final strikes Fantasy? against somebody. Or... Didn't Final Fantasy do that? Like, uh, no, I it was see um, that. No, well, uh, it wasn't the same thing. But Persona did something similar where they said, hey, after this point in the game, you can no longer stream because we don't want there to be spoilers. Like, that, that made was, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that made sense, I think, because it's a story-based game. They don't want the story ruined. That's yeah. a big reason people play that game. King Hearts 3 had a button that was like, it was like on the home screen, uh, you hit a button and it brings up the disclaimer uh, for streaming and like it's i think it's more to protect streamers in a way because it's all about the music and how the music is actually a lot of it's owned by disney and so you can't claim it as your own or anything yeah. like that so holden you have something to say yeah i just it's it's not even related to the content i'm sorry but it's, it's stadia related this would be such a fucking sick feature spoiler avoidance because they can find out what save state you're at in the game. They could then find out what things you haven't seen in the game. Oh. And then block oh. YouTube videos yes. that show that content. Warning. Oh, man. Have a warning. Exactly. Yeah. But that's totally amazing. feasible. That's how the save state system works. Yeah. How the Google, like, show me how this part of the game works, Google. And then it shows you that part of the game. They know. So they could totally yeah, do that. Definitely. Oh, wow. That's cool. Wow. There you wow. go. My headphones got unplugged. I couldn't hear anything. It was just I like, think the I just said wow, like Owen Wilson. Wow. So, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that this um, like how they market the games is definitely for streaming is definitely going to be big going forward. That whole controversy with like they paid was it Ninja? They paid a thousand, um, a million dollars, a thousand, um, a million dollars yeah. to play Apex, and like he, <laughs> <That's> insane. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But like Ninja, get they still made him pay for the game and all this yeah. upgrades. I mean, Ninja, like, <laughs> you're gonna pay the twenty bucks to unlock your characters. <laughs> like, like get that money, Ninja. Like I'm fine with that as long as you're like you're being forthcoming about this is an ad. Like they, um, yeah, they absolutely. want me to play this. Whatever, that's fine. But like I don't know, that's a great way to advertise a game. Anytime I want to know, like I'm not getting demo discs in the mail anymore. Like I'm 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 going on Twitch. Wait, you're not? No. I got like five yeah. today. Remember Xbox? I don't know if you guys got Xbox Magazine, but yeah. that shit was awesome. And you get a demo disc every month, and I I probably still have those discs somewhere. But I remember playing Fusion <laughs> Frenzy. I'm getting way off track, but anyway, I, I go to Twitch if I want to check out a game like what's like what's new and hot and see like what kind of gameplay what gameplay is like. I go right to Twitch. Number one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Can I tell you a content creator I think is doing – not a content creator. A company that I think is doing it right is Beat Saber. They – first of all, everything about that game is word of mouth and seeing other people play yep. it. But then they they recently, a couple months ago, went with all of their uh, artists that create the music for it. And they made agreements that they won't claim anyone on using that music in their YouTube videos and everything like that. So 
regardless of what you're streaming from the game, you're not going to get copyright claimed and you're able to make ad revenue off awesome. of it. Wow. That's so awesome. So awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I think even like a lot of games too, like overcooked will even just say ahead of time, like stream everything in this game. Please like show it off. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's all. That's the way to do it. And they, they're, they're being, you know, they're, they, they know what's going on. Like they know they're being, uh, I don't know what the word is, but they, 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 that's just what they should be doing. Like that. They shouldn't be restricting people from streaming their games. Totally. Yeah. I'm curious how much the streaming initiative will impact someone like Nintendo, who yeah. they're going to have to get on board with something like this, and this is totally against their current philosophies. Didn't they roll back? You're just going to have to string together a bunch of 15-second clips <laughs> from holding the share button. <laughs> <laughs> Did, didn't they roll back a lot of their, like, like they're not going to take down your video, but it's going to be, you're not going to be able to make money on it, right? Because before they were... Well, I, I think it was Nintendo's creator program to get rid of, and I think that's, like, they were taking a cut of revenue from your advertising revenue okay. on top of what YouTube is taking, right. which would leave you with like 40% instead of the 70% you would normally get. Yeah. So I think which is already pennies. So yeah, exactly. I, like I think fractions of a fraction of a cent, which just made them look like assholes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. that penny. That's my that's penny. Mine. Give it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like Scrooge or not Scrooge. Yeah. Scrooge. Like just going through town to take from homeless people. Like, Oh, you got spare change. <laughs> Give that to me. <laughs> Sure. Excellent discussion. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. Um, that's going to move us. We are, god dang, almost two hours. That's going to move us into our final segment today called Video Game. No shit. God damn it. It's Game on Game Show. The Game on Gaming Show is called Game on on our Gaming Show, where we talk, play a game on our game show. Game, 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 game. Um, <laughs> it's a working title. <laughs> working title, yes. It is called Video Game Would You Rather. It is returned for another great five question streak uh once again we start tame get crazy at the end let's start with would you rather triple a games didn't exist or indie games didn't exist triple a middle game, midway tier is not an option triple a games didn't exist because i feel like games are getting bigger and bigger and what a triple game what a triple a game is right now will be achievable by indies at some point interesting that's a very good point Holden, having you said that, I'm going with indies not existing. Even with you saying that, I'm going to say AAA games are going to stay. Because I think, I'm okay. thinking a little bit of the opposite. I'm thinking that if AAA games are the only thing, I think eventually, like, like are we saying that, like, they just stopped, they never existed? Like, Thanos snap kind of thing? Or are they, like, they were here one day and then gone the next? Like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Next. That's a good point. So... Okay, so if we know what indies are, I think, like, I guess it's cheating, but, like, AAA developers could, like, build games that are like indies. They're not the, you know, they're not the same totally. scale. Yeah. That's, that's cheating. Like your Valiant Hearts coming from Ubisoft or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. cheating. But I think, like, in the in the the soul of this question, I'm going to go with the bigger game, for sure. I honestly, like, at first thought, oh, yeah, I would I'd fucking indies stay around forever because they're always the one taking risks and doing really cool experimental things. And then I think back, and I'm like... All of my favorite games of all time are God of War and Spider-Man yeah. and yeah. Last of Us and Uncharted <laughs> yeah. and Celeste is somewhere on that and list. And Breath of the but... Wild for Chad, for sure. And fucking Breath of the Wild <laughs> is very, very low on that list. <laughs> so I think I would stick with AAA games. See, and I'd get rid of, I think I would get rid of AAA games because I, the only indie game that I've ever played is Celeste. And I think I have missed out on so many great mm -hmm. games. Because yeah, I find too. a AAA yeah. game and I stick with it, and that's all I play. Like I, 
uh, if you listen to our podcast, I'm a Call of Duty fanboy. It's mainly the the franchise that I always buy every single Classic year. Indie game. <laughs> yes. but but it's but i've mentioned too it, it's ruined so many other games for me that if i could choose a game to have never started playing if that's that is the game that i would choose because it would have opened my gaming library and like what i like and don't like and indie games there's so many you know diversity in the games there's n- there really is not one that's similar to the next and i'm Absolutely. missing honestly i'm missing out on all and- that and, and you can't say the AAA games. So many AAA no. games. It's like this is a shooter, and <laughs> yep. it's exactly it, yeah, what you expect yeah, from a shooter. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You, so Ryan, do you have it. Xbox Game Pass? I do not right now. Okay. I'm, when I'm, you when you pick it back up, or just buy, send you a sacrifice. Hellblade, send you a sacrifice. Yeah. and that's, that's kind of what I indie game. That's okay. kind of what I mean by those like indie, well, not that Ninja Theory is indie anymore, but one like, other microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But like that's an example of what I'm talking about. Like like you can make big games at a, at a small studio. Is Hellblade on Game Pass? Oh, yeah. fuck it yeah. is now. Yeah, I'm getting that shit. Hell yeah, I want to play that. Yeah, I want to play. It's it. good. Yeah. It gets better as you play it. The, I think the beginning is not as strong as the okay. end. It gets awesome. I think it's all wonderful. It's all wonderful. And play it with headphones. Yes, headphones are mandatory. Okay, all right. Actually, even it was, tells you at the beginning of the game. Please, it does. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It won. Didn't it win at the game awards? Something sound mixing or something? Didn't it? Yeah. I th- oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. There's actually a cool like after you beat the game, watch. There's like a 10 or 15 minute video in the menu as well that you could watch about how they do the audio as well as like some background on the psychological oh, stuff. Oh, dope. All right. You should watch that after you're done with Definitely. it too. Okay, that's cool. Uh, number two. Let's say okay. Here's this one kind of stemmed from a question that was brought up when I was a guest on uh, Who's Next Gaming. Check them out. They're pretty dope. Um, would you rather an HBO show about Rapture's heyday and how it tumbled into destruction or the long-rumored Netflix Zelda series? The Rapture one for sure. Please for do not make sure. a Zelda Rapture. TV series. Yeah. I'm going Rapture. <laughs> Rapture for sure. Yes, Rapture. God, it would be so freaking cool to see, like, Fontaine futuristics and everything. Like, people using plasmids all around, like when they're not crazy yet and yeah. seeing what that world looks yeah. like and then just seeing how the feud with Fontaine and Ryan just yes. like completely destroys yes. that would be oh there would be so many amazing story moments in that game compared to tune in next week where Link steps on a switch and Navi tells him to go somewhere <laughs> like, <laughs> it just sounds like a horrible the show the plot of the Zelda show is not even really the problem for me it's any like any good RPGs like good RPGs that, that I really like including any of the Zelda games like I like that Zelda, like not Zelda, Link. I like that Link doesn't talk. Like I can put my voice yeah. into Link. Yep. If I start now, like my whole life will be ruined. When if like I don't know, like Tom well, Hanks don't watch starts, the cartoon yeah. show. Oh yeah, no, no, refuse. Yeah, I refuse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because the exact thing yeah. you hear that excuse me, princess. You're like he doesn't sound like <laughs> that. That doesn't that's exist. Not, he sounds like me. He that's sounds just like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, definitely rapture. I'm going to start reading dope. every Zelda game in a matte voice. <laughs> and I'm going to say it out loud, too. Just give me the script and I'll voice something for you. Then you can just play it alongside the game. Careful what you wish for. Every character will have to sound like. Yeah. <laughs> Number three. Uh, yeah, here we go. Le- would you rather play Lakitu 64? Where you have to play as the Lakitu in Mario 64, and your goal is just to keep the camera in the coolest angles and make sure he can see everything. Or would you like to play kind of like Surgeon Simulator, but Street Fighter Chiropractor? Uh, I'll take Street Fighter Chiropractor. So you might have like, you know, Surgeon Simulator is like really silly. 
and you're like, oh, I'm going to take his intestines and throw him out and scalpel his face. And <laughs> Street Fighter chiropractor could be like, cool, I'm just going to punch him in the back and like, we'll run a car over his spine. I don't know. I'm going Lakitu. Yeah, yeah because I do a lot of that anyway in Forza Horizons 4. Like, I'll pause the game and I'll yeah. constantly just be in photo mode. So I think that's just kind of like oh, what Lakitu yeah. does in, in, uh, in uh, Mario Kart. Just follows the cars around. I would love that. That'd be dope. Oh, I'm a photo mode yeah. whore. <laughs> Biggest thing missing from Sekiro. No photo oh, mode. Damn. Here's the thing, though. Is it a photo mode or is it like a you have to take the right picture and we're going to give you a grade on it? Pokemon In Snap. which case, just get the right angle. And that sounds awful. I've played many mm. games like that and they're always terrible because you have to get the right angle they wanted you to. You didn't get the medium shot where it was his waist up. Therefore, that's not a good angle. You got to do it again. I I picture yeah, a Lakitu game that. where you just press start. I want- and that's it. Like you just play. Like there's no, there's no <laughs> you just follow whoever's the first. There's no instructions. There's no rules. It's just your lack of two. That's it. You got a camera on a cloud. You're a pervert. That's it. You're flying around. <laughs> <laughs> You're a pervert. <laughs> Fall Mario or don't. I don't know. <laughs> oh man, that's the quote. I, here's the other thing I didn't think about until right now. Uh, Street Fighter chiropractor in VR, I think would be a ton of fun. I could... No, I don't know. That sounds no? like are they no. just like punching are they trying things to fight and... you or are you just snapping? Nets? Oh, I, I, so unrealistic. Yes, realistic. Yeah, horrible. no, no, exactly. It's that's uh, it's like surgeon. Ryu, stand silly. up for me for a second. Uh, Does it hurt when I touch you? <laughs> <laughs> Turning cough. Well, you've never been to a chiropractor. Have no, you? I haven't. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Number four, your plane went down on a remote island in the middle of the Pacific. The only people who survived are you, Pichu, and a little sister from Bioshock. Everyone else's body was lost in the ocean. Who would you rather eat to survive? Pichu. Quick, easy. An adorable yeah. little baby rat? Yes. You, yeah, I'm not going to. You know, you do not remember our, the episode of. Well, we talked about Bioshock 2. Oh, I'm yeah. not, no, I'm not oh, messing with that little sister. sister. First off, they creep the hell out of me. And two, no, <laughs> just you saw my daughter. No. <laughs> So also, now that, like, that's the that's the face you have to think of now, Chad. So now, what's it, your choice? <laughs> Is this a little I did sister? on my second run through kill a little sister just for the hell of it, <sighs> just to see what it looked like. And I thought of you, and I felt terrible. Good, you should. <laughs> I'm glad. I couldn't eat the little sister for everything Ryan mentioned. To be clear, but also, aren't they like infested with Adam and stuff, and they're all like drugged out and like yeah. what? What am I going to get if I eat a little sister peach? You're going to get a ton of cool plasmids and a lot of great yeah. powers. <laughs> but no, not necessarily because maybe he doesn't get the cool plasmid. Maybe he yeah. gets the one he doesn't want. The bees. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can bees. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Everyone said bees. bees. Fuck the bees. Bees? <laughs> bees? Um... I would go with I would go with Pichu as well. Also, I feel like if I if I slaughtered a Pichu, I think I could figure out to activate its like electric gland or whatever, and it would just cook itself. Oh yeah, <laughs> resourceful. Like, I don't want to make a fire. It'll just right, make fire itself. Take that electric gland, throw it in the ocean, electrifies all the fish. They float to the top. There we go. Maybe I just put them to work, and I don't eat them. Oh. And I'm like, give me a fish. There we go. Yeah, but you can't. That's not a would you rather. It's not. That's right, but then when he's not looking, after I have all the fish, I kill and eat him. That's the that's the answer. <laughs> he's like, I thought we were going to be friends. That's all part of the plan. You betrayed me. Mom told me to be wary of humans. <laughs> they can't be trusted. After killing all those fish, though, he, he evolves into a Pikachu. So then you oh, have to deal damn, with a bigger problem. Meat. 
I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you time to write you. Really, like, prime yeah, them up. I'll force a thunderstorm. Yeah. A good yeah. way you gotta have a thunderstorm for that. That's that could be a little <laughs> rare on an island. <laughs> well, I don't know. You figure something out. Yeah. I would. Uh, I would do the Pichu too. Just because, like, you can't kill a human without first killing small animals. That's the, the progression we've all agreed on in, in murder. Netflix is I'm sure me. there'd be someone yeah. who would disagree with you on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our last question. Stick with this one. It's weird. Would you rather your butt was Kirby and you had to treat it well and nicely or else it could get angry at you and make your life hell in ways that we'll brainstorm together? Or... Would you rather your legs were Rattly the Rattlesnake from Donkey Kong Country 2? And every time you stub your toe or bang your knee, your leg runs away from you, and you have to go catch it and put it back on. <laughs> also, you have a bounce to your step. Uh, I got to go I gotta go with um, Kirby because I stub my toe well, far too often. I'm not going to be chasing. I'm yeah. just going to be – I'll just like constantly just have to be crawling around on nubs because I just – you just gave yeah, up. I, just, I just have given <laughs> yeah. up. My legs are somewhere around here. If I want them, if I need them, I'll, I'll grab them. But well, what I would what think I would of do Kirby is... as a pet, though. If you if you don't tend to it and like give it attention, stuff like that, you could be like taking a dump, like big old diarrhea in the <laughs> toilet, and it out of spite will just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna suck it all back uh, up into your body damn. right now. <gasps> and then you're just like, <laughs> you just got a diarrhea enema <laughs> thanks to Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely gonna go with the was it rattling? Or wait, wait. Or you're walking down the street in gym shorts, and Kirby just inhales out of nowhere and rips your gym shorts right off you and sucks it into your butt. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's tough. I'm gonna have I to would avoid that. all that. So the I'm, risk is so much higher. Yeah, is rattling the rattlesnake? Because that was the other one, right? Rattling the rattlesnake. Yeah. What was it? Okay, I'll pick that one. The because I'll just put suspenders on and attach around the rattlesnake to so my oh. toe and then just grab him because he's still attached to me. And there we go. So he'll still make the uh, and then it'll like bounce around you, but you've got him on a leash. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I like that. And then I'm not this way gym shorts all the time because I have extra suspenders as well. So. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Diarrhea enema, you guys. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. I'll, I'll go happens. with the rattlesnakes, even though I've never played Donkey Kong 2, I don't, as far as I remember. So I don't oh, it's so good. quite remember those. But yeah, no, not Kirby. And, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't eat well don't enough Kirby for button? Kirby to be happy all the time. <laughs> yeah, that poor Kirby. Yeah. Gotta... Kirby's looking at like, come on, dude, why are you eating that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you have to feed Kirby, or is he just content with just shitting out? I, I think he's going to taste whatever comes out, so. But then do you have to put things in? I hope not. What is your <laughs> deal with putting like... things in? <laughs> there was like... a, this is... This is so random. There was a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids TV show that was on Disney. Uh-huh. And there was – I only saw one episode of it ever, and there was an episode where it was aliens who eat out their butts. And there's just a scene where they put a pie on the chair, and he just squishes his butt into it. It's <laughs> 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 like trying to eat it. Yes. That's, that's an episode of South Park as well. Yeah, the South yeah. Park. Yeah, yeah, they, yes, Martha they, Stewart like sits on a whole turkey and absorbs it into her butt, and then they pass yeah. it in the trash can. She just goes, Ugh, and they think you get in their mouth. It's healthier. How do you shrunk the kids? Oh, oh god! I don't think I. I don't think I've, no. It was a. It was a live action what? show. I'm pretty sure. Let me, I'm looking this up. Yeah, I don't remember. Hold on, no, well. that was just cake farts. You just watched oh, cake god. farts. Oh god! <laughs> I don't even want to know. No, you don't. 
Oh, if you don't know what cake fudge is, don't look it up. But it's very similar to what Holden described. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I would choose Rattlely the Rattlesnake, too. Because also you could jump up to high places. Yes. Doing box jumps at the gym. That's hot. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you'd be good. Is it noticeable that they're rattlesnakes, though? Oh, oh yeah. They, <laughs> they are, are rattlesnakes. Just like your butt is noticeably Kirby. So could you use them as a weapon as well? Like someone's pissing you off, you just step your toe and throw your rattlesnake at him? Mm, I don't know Rattly the rattlesnake didn't behave like that in Donkey Kong. No. He could jump okay. on top of things, yeah. but like he was not an aggressive rattlesnake. Okay. okay. I didn't realize how long the show was on. There are 66 episodes of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show. No way. Went on for three years from September 1st, 1997 to May 20th, 2000. That's absurd. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And yep. Cake Farts is from that. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Inspired by true Hold on, have you seen Cake Farts? No, I don't know what you're talking Holden, about. Holden, you should see Cake Farts. <laughs> you should Google Cake Farts. Ryan, don't do it. You're a married man with a daughter. Don't do it. Holden, you should Google Cake Farts. We were making it so enticing. So I'm going to pass. Please don't. It's just a woman farting on a cake for sexual pleasure. <laughs> farting on a cake to begin so with is weird. But what's the sexual pleasure aspect of that at all? You just have to watch it. Thank you, I everyone. Don't want that to. brings an end to Game on Game Show and an end to our podcast for the day. Uh, remember to uh, do all the things we told you to do in the middle of the sponsorships that I don't feel like remembering right now. Uh, thank you both to Ryan and Matt from When Gaming. Um, I'm going to give you another chance to plug all of your shit. Go. Go for it, Ryan. So you can find me on Twitter at, at Silosword. Uh, you can also find our podcast, When Gaming, on Twitter at When Gaming. You also find us every Tuesday night on twitch.tv slash When Gaming. And we've also, so if you don't get to see our past broadcasts, you can actually watch the podcast version of our stream on YouTube at When Gaming Podcast. Yeah, and all of that, and you can find me on Twitter at Matt from RI, as in Rhode Island. Part of nice. my identity. I've actually only consumed your podcast yeah, right, in audio form. <laughs> Even though, obviously, the ideal version is video. So I'm going to go check it out in video. Thank you, guys. Everyone, until next week, here's our usual sign-off. Second row! Oh, wait. No, it was a... Ah! <laughs> <laughs>